Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of Reforge Gaming News talking about The Witcher 4 versus Cyberpunk. I actually think there's very important dialogue and communication from them already specifically about the engine change and I want to I want to have dialogue about this with you. There's also information coming about their commitment to not have crunch. Cyberpunk had some notorious reports coming out about the crunch that led to the game's launch, which is pretty disheartening given how bad that game actually launched so if you like these episodes and topics be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button i try to do the intro really quickly so whatever you're looking for is right here at the beginning for four or five minutes and then we discuss it for a couple of hours this is a reforge update witcher versus cyberpunk is going to be dialogue you'll probably see for the forthcoming years as everybody waits for the next witcher game to come out with cyberpunk still continuing to receive updates and patches and the engine switch for witcher will likely drive some of those comparisons and questions from the community if you like these quick reforge updates be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button that way you don't miss my upload so witcher 4 not really being called witcher 4 but like the witcher a new saga begins there's a lot of speculation circling around this we already sort of covered that we're gonna have to retread some of the quotes though because this is very much i think about cyberpunk some of these quotes are not necessarily just meant to be taken sort of in a vacuum about the next witcher game but it's cd project red saying listen we we really had to make some significant changes but they're also sort of defending Cyberpunk. So I pulled this from PC Gamer. Now the next game will not be using CD Projekt's Red Engine. Okay, they'll be using Unreal Engine 5 and they quoted it saying it'll be a multi-year strategic partnership with Epic Games. Now some people are worried about the relationship with Epic Games because they thought oh it's going to be exclusive to the Epic Games store or launcher. That is not the case, but This is what they had to say about the relationship. It covers not only licensing, but technical development of Unreal Engine 5, as well as potential future versions of Unreal Engine, where relevant. CD Projekt Red also said, We'll closely collaborate with Epic Games developers, with the primary goal being to help tailor the engine for for open-world experiences. So they're going to lean on Epic, and they're going to lean on the Unreal Engine. Now, they had like a, a moment where I believe... They were sort of defending cyberpunk, but also saying we're not going to make the same mistake again. So with respect to the engine change, they had the following to say. It is vital for CD Projekt Red to have the technical direction of our next game decided from the earliest possible phase as in the past. We spent a lot of resources and energy to evolve and adapt Red Engine with every subsequent game release. So they're basically saying, listen, we're making this decision really, really early. Uh, This decision needs to be made really, really early (laughs) because it's going to affect the game. But we did this before like just so you know we were always adapting the red engine with every subsequent game release and that's great but that doesn't actually fix the fact that cyberpunk had such a bad launch okay i feel like this is sort of passive defense of cyberpunk while also saying this game's not gonna be like cyberpunk so this is leading i think to some community concern 
across a spectrum. There are people that are like, well, wait a minute, why no Geralt? Geralt's sort of the central figure of the series up till now, even with the Netflix series, right? Like, what are you, if you're not going to have him, is that going to be any good? There's possibility that Siri might be sort of taking over the franchise. We don't actually know. And it's sort of based on fan fiction. Apparently, this medallion is a Lynx medallion, and the Lynx school is fan fiction. So, is that going to be any good if you're basing it on fan fiction? Also, does this mean that Cyberpunk will be abandoned? Like, what's going to be going on with that game's quality of life, patches, etc.? Is this game going to basically be just sort of put out to pasture? And I think Cyberpunk damaged consumer confidence and everybody's looking at the next Witcher thinking, yeah, right, I'm not buying that game. Now, their no-crunch commitment is good. They've come out and said there will be no crunch with this game, which is obviously receiving some cynicism. It's like, well, you did crunch with Cyberpunk and the thing barely hobbled out of the starting blocks and still continues to have performance problems and needs to be patched. If you're not going to crunch Witcher, when's it going to launch? In 10 years? So, Community concern and questions are surrounding this, but I definitely think CD Projekt Red is already trying to put the word out that this will be developed and handled significantly different than Cyberpunk. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Check me out over on Reforge Gaming if you want to discuss these things with me live. And as always, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I will see you in the next video. I'll see the rest of you right now, and I'm trying out a new boom, and I already I already don't like it. I've tightened it about as much as I can, and uh, <laughs> it just slowly falls. I it's really frustrating. It's it's I wanted this because it's an Aver Media, and it's that nice I like a nice just tube look coming into the frame, but it just it won't st- <laughs> it won't stay up. Giggity. Uh, welcome in, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. C. Hambrick starting the day off with a new membership. Thank you so much for doing that. I've been meaning to say at the beginning of these videos, if you're watching the VOD or you're here live, we really are asking for membership to increase either here on Reforge Gaming or Reforge Radio. We do not run lots of advertisements, so it's great to see viewer averages go up. It's great to see the sub count go up, but because we don't really disrupt the live stream with tons of advertisements, that's not impacting the the the, uh, the revenue, and we don't want to make that shift. I'm not going to start running ads in the middle of streams. I'm not going to start disrupting the show. So the, the members are a huge, huge element of what we do here. So if you can do it, we appreciate it. Listen, I know the world's crazy right now. If you can't afford a membership, do your due diligence every day to watch the streams, hit the like button, chat, you know, in the chat and be here because that does help the channel as well. We also have a variety of uh, uh, sponsors you can support, whether you buy uh, a t-shirt or you uh, you buy some coffee. So thank you guys. This thing is going to freaking drive me crazy all day. I'm going to break it. It'll it'll be in a it'll be in a better space if I just break the break the dadgum thing. Anyway, uh, let's let's come up with a poll here. Uh, if they go about it like the TV show, it will take years to get a fairly short game full of Superman sitting around grumbling and saying f a whole lot. Let's go. <laughs> People seem to really like uh, the show. Yeah, the stream's working properly. My boom is going to be falling all all dadgum day. But at least the uh, at least the stream is is acting properly. Yo, what's good, Xbury? Good to see you. King Salty says, as for crunch, I'm concerned. I'm curious how smooth and quick development will be using Unreal 5 engine as opposed to their house engine. Maybe it's an easier and more optimizable engine. I mean, a lot of people are making the pivot to Unreal 5. Um, 
the uh what's the what's the company that makes um gears of war what's their name i forget their name the coalition the coalition announced that the next gears game will be unreal 5 uh hellblade is unreal 5 like unreal 5 is going to become industry standard i think going forward like you're going to see it more commonly used what's good insomniac black what's good feed i see you in the chat good morning everybody uh, nice haircut. Oh, thank you, uh, Dylan. I appreciate that. Darth Nihilus, how are you? I don't think this game is going to launch it well if history is any indicator. Well, let, yeah, let, let's get a poll going. I, I thought we were going to really kick out, run out of the gate strong this morning, so we're going to need some help. Make sure you're smashing the like button. Get us started with 100 likes, and let's get a poll going. A $5 tip from African Jedi. Morning, Lono. Tossing a couple coins your way. That's right. That's right. Uh, let's see here. The next, uh, the next Witcher game. Are you concerned? Uh, excited? Neither. Right? You don't care, right? So are you concerned? Are you excited? Or neither? You're like, I don't freaking care. I don't care about this game. I'm not interested anymore, man. They, they, they've, they've lost my uh, my consumer confidence. Uh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. When is it due to launch? Well, I have no, we have no idea. We have no idea when it's going to launch. Them switching to another engine uh, seems like a big step in the right direction. It's clear their propriety engine had its share of problems. Are you going to give the Halo TV series a watch? I, I might. Um, my wife and I are probably going to be forced to get Paramount Plus. We started, uh, we started watching, um, we started watching the Star Trek The Next Generation series on Netflix, and in what, like seven days, it's leaving. It's going to go to Paramount Plus. So we're going to have to get Paramount Plus to continue watching it. And then obviously we're excited. We already watched the first season of Picard. I'm excited about all the new Star Trek stuff they're working on too, like Strange New Worlds or whatever it's called, or Strange Worlds. Um, so yeah, I may check it out. It's not faring very well with the with the critics, but that doesn't always mean it's bad, right? How much would you say Unreal Engine has been growing as a huge part of the industry? I feel like every new version of the engine gets into more and more games. There's a variety of reasons for that. The Unreal Engine is known for being agile, being adaptable. Uh, I think the success of Fortnite has certainly helped with this because Epic charges a lower royalty now. So they don't charge you a licensing fee to use the engine. They simply want a royalty share on your game. Well, they've lowered that required payout. Um, and the reason for that is they're making so much money off Fortnite. They're like, we can we can do that. So uh, they're willing. Um, they're willing to abandon their own engine, willing to learn, lean into fan fiction. They know the road they have to take is not an easy one and they seem willing to take it. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of seem like, hey, we're, you know, we're willing, uh, we're willing to, to completely sort of change our, uh, our strategy here because at the end of the day, what they did with Cyberpunk, I mean, they, they really, really hurt their reputation. They went from being considered one of the, one of the developer darlings of the industry to not, being that like they they really really hurt themselves um exhausted yet concerning it's a crunch thing i don't know what you mean by that 
Why are we talking about cyberpunk? Well, so th- this is a little tenuous, but I actually think it's very, very important. So the Witcher 4 sort of, I guess, update, they announced that they would be switching from the uh, CD Projekt Red Engine and switching to Unreal 5. And they talked about how from the earliest stages of development, they need to have that technical decision made from the very, very earliest, okay? And I think their their dialogue about it is extremely important because they basically passively say, we are not going, going we're not going to make the same mistakes we made with Cyberpunk. But then they sort of passively defend themselves by being like, this is, this is not... Um, this is not something that we this is going to annoy the frick out of me today they're not saying that they made mistakes with cyberpunk they're also kind of defending cyberpunk so their own dialogue about why they're switching engines their own dialogue about it is like from the earliest stages of development we need to have this stuff figured out okay and then they followed up by being like we've always adapted our red engine with every new game so it's kind of like they're almost saying like, "Hey, we're not, we're not. This isn't going to be as bad as Cyberpunk." But just so you know, just so you know, uh, we were always adapting the engine with every release. So it's kind of like I, they're they're kind of saying two things at the same time. You know, we're not going to play as poorly as we did, but we're we're certainly going to play better. <laughs> and and we oh, and we tried our best to play good back then as well. Almost like that coach speech, you know. I have faith if they want to continue as a successful company, they'll not mess up The Witcher 4 like they did with Cyberpunk. How much of what investors fault forcing the release after three delays? I blame both parties, but if the dev uh, says it's ready, uh, it's not ready. Man, some of you guys are struggling to type. Like That doesn't make any sense, Butters. And then Rhett said, exhausted yet pursuing it's a crunch thing. You haven't changed the sentence. Some of you guys are really struggling this morning. Says it's not ready, then it's not ready. Okay, so now I understand what you're saying. Well, here's the problem with your outlook, Butters. Here's the problem with what you're saying, okay? You can't fault both if there's already been three delays. Now, if a publisher if a publisher is like you can't delay the game a single time, right? We can't can't delay the game a single time. Well, then, okay, you could fault the investors or the publisher. But if the game needs to be delayed three times, you can't blame the investors for being like, bro, bro, this thing has to go to market. What the frick are you doing? It was like everybody trying to blame EA for Anthem. You couldn't bl- you can't blame EA for Anthem. You can't. You can't blame EA for Anthem. Look at the history. Look at what BioWare did. It was all them. You know, it was all them. They they had terrible pre-production, terrible planning, terrible vision casting, terrible leadership. Oh, we're going to trust in BioWare magic. It, you know what I'm saying? No. The, the 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 idea the idea that 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 was all the publisher's fault. People always want a scapegoat. It's like, well, no, the developers totally did that. If the investor says we have this deadline, forcing an announcement of a date, that's the investor's fault from the start. Okay, do you have proof that that happened with Cyberpunk? Do you have any evidence? 
Do you have any evidence that 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 happened with Cyberpunk? Any at all? That would be my question. literally using an allen wrench to like tighten the joints this is an avermedia boom and i do not recommend it i've used it for all of 15 minutes and i hate it uh they didn't send it to me i bought it it's trash don't buy it i'm pretty sure they will understand they cannot afford to release another game especially witcher 4 as another cyberpunk situation i'm hoping they will take uh that to heart before releasing this one this one I'm not holding my breath, says Eric. CD Projekt Red has to show that they've learned from Cyberpunk 2077 fiasco through their actions, not relying on short-term memories of the industry. Robert says, I blame EA for everything that releases under their name. Doesn't mean devs aren't also at fault. If you fully research Anthem, there's almost, you can't, you can lay almost no blame on, on EA. Like, none. I don't, it's just a statement, that's all I'm saying. I could look, and I might find something, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know who the publisher was of Cyberpunk. So, The Witcher 3 was a self-published game, and they got a grant from the government. So, like, that was a super weird instance, you know? So, they could totally be like, it'll launch when it launches, you know? It'll, 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 it'll launch when it launches. He doesn't even know how to hold the boom. (laughs) Why am I so... (laughs) Why am I always on the B-Squad? <laughs> I always thought you were the leader of, of the B-Squad. <laughs> Don't tell the others. Uh, go to bed, you sons of... Uh, I'm giving you all this money. Have it done by this date is not unreasonable. CD Projekt Red was the publisher. Right, so if, 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 if CD Projekt Red... If CD Projekt Red was the publisher, then there's no discussion to be, there's no discussion to be had. <laughs> there's no discussion to be had. Didn't expect this subject today. I still need to play through The Witcher. I got to the first town and had no idea what to do. Yeah, it can be a little aimless. It's pretty. It can be. Uh, it can be tough. Uh, because of the lines on the wall, you can actually see the boom dropping. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I might I, I might have it at the right angle now where it might it might hold position. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's very irritating. It looked like a really, really nice boom. You know, like I said, I like the tube look as opposed to these like metal bars. I thought it looked really nice and it's not. It's it's weak. This is an industry standard microphone. You see what I'm saying? Who's going to buy your really expensive microphone boom? And I guess I'm only supposed to put like, what, the little lightweight USB microphones out there on you know, on the market? What the frick? This is literally the microphone that people use. I don't understand. Um, with Cyberpunk having a bigger and packed world building, I feel like this is their fresh start to something they're more comfortable with in making at least good the witcher is their bread and butter well i i that is in their corner i will grant you that uh christian that this is something that they're more comfortable working on like cyberpunk was ambitious and new a new ip you know and i think that created a potential uh, a potential problem for them like what they wanted to do with that game was they didn't want to be accused of like it's just it's just techno techno wave witcher you know what i mean they didn't want to do that you can blame ea because you're responsible for whatever you put your name on but 
that doesn't make any sense. Bioware is the one that made it. That's, with respect, that's such a mental backflip. Bioware made the game. Their name is on it, right? They baked the pizza. I, I don't care who the owner is, or the in this case, the publisher. EA didn't make the game. EA didn't tell them to sit around for two and a half years and not, and not decide what they were going to do with it. The logic doesn't track. You can't, you cannot pin, you know, Anthem on EA. The logic doesn't track. In light of everything that happened with that game, there is absolutely, and and that's, and I'm talking about EA here. I don't like EA. <laughs> I'm not like pro EA. But gee, many Christmas, you got to blame the right people. I'm always talking about this with gamers. Make the right criticism right criticize the right thing you know go after the real problem it it it, bioware is 90 percent to blame for anthem you want to hang on ea 10 percent because they strongly encourage them to use that engine because of the royalty share being better on it like sure but everything else that was mismanaged everything else that led to the project constantly changing has literally nothing to do with ea like it's nothing to turn around like if you give me a bunch of money to do something and I completely mismanage the project for five or six years doing this whole tried and true like that you know it's you know it's on the coach if the team play you know if the quarterback makes a bad play or whatever he's ultimately responsible the manager's ultimately responsible that's corporate BS talk ironically enough like that's just a bunch of corporate speak it's not on it's not on the publisher when the project's mismanaged. You can't have it both ways. This is what gamers always do. All right, let me let me show you how inconsistent we are uh, a- as a community. Let me let me show you. Gamers get really angry and accuse publishers of micromanaging developers and interfering with development, okay? But when they don't do that and a project is completely mismanaged, well, the publisher should have been paying attention to what was going on. Which, wh- what the frick do you want? Do you want the publishers to do their job, which is to provide money, okay, and to stay out of development? Or do you want them to be involved in development and micromanaging it because these developers are apparently needing to be babysat? Because they can't make a game without somebody looking over their shoulder anthem's bioware's fault it is not ea's fault right like if ea would have been micromanaging them and the game turned out bad you'd blame them for micromanaging them they weren't they weren't they weren't cracking the, they weren't like hey cracking down on them and saying you need to get to work and you need to do this and da 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 no they were giving them creative freedom and direction over the game and bioware screwed the pooch they were like oh yeah bioware magic we're not gonna make a decision about anything for like three years and then we're gonna build a game in 18 months that should have been built over five now you might say at a certain point publishers should be asking for proof of concept but isn't that what a trailer is how involved can a publisher be in the development of a game Okay, trailer looks cool. Gameplay looks good. They show that to the public, don't they? And we all get excited. We're like, looks good. And publishers are probably taking a similar posture a lot of the times. EA can't get praise for products without risking getting flame for them. Doesn't excuse the devs. Who in the frick is praising EA for games these days? Like, who's doing that? Who's praising publishers, by the way? Who's doing that? Is, any, is anybody doing that? 
Man, it's a great game. Who is the publisher of this game? I want to make sure and give them a standing ovation. Nobody does that. You praise the developer. Good work. So, like, when Moon Studios comes out w- with their Ori game, no one's like, great work, Microsoft. I mean, maybe Mo would do that, but any <laughs> any non-fanboy would say, good job, developer. <laughs> no one's praising the publishers. If you... If you think that that's a common response, then they're either somebody who doesn't understand the video game industry, which is very common. People say that all the time. They're like, EA makes really bad games. And it's like, well, who actually developed it? Now, EA does have their own developers. But if they're not the developer, there's no reason to give them any credit for the game they paid for it. Like, that's that's like the dumbest... Like, I'm sorry, but that logic is just dumb. You wrote a check... Good job on writing that check. No, the developers built the game. No one's praising EA for Apex. Thank you. No one's like, man, what a great game, EA. You did such a good job. No, they're like, yo, Respawn knows what they're freaking doing. Their shooting mechanics are pristine. This, This is exactly why everybody wants a Titanfall 3. Respawn is one of the leaders in first-person shooter, you know, mechanics and fluidity. No one's like, boy, EA did such a great job with Apex. What the frick? I, yeah, people make dumb points because they don't want to admit their argument's defunct. It's not EA's fault <laughs> that Anthem was a garbage can. It isn't. It had nothing to do with EA. You're, you're arguing something that's absurd and not rooted in reality because you don't want to concede the point. No, one's, no one praises publishers for a good game. I love Bandai's Elden Ring. Yeah, everybody talks about all those Bandai games, those really hard Bandai games. No, they talk about From Software games because they're the developers. It's their artistic vision. It's their magnum opus. It's their work. Nobody, nobody does that. You always you, you, don't do that. Don't imagine some fantasy world just because your point was bad. <laughs> EA's name is on the products. Okay, so is BioWare's. What are what are we saying here? You're not saying anything, Robert. Yes, EA's name's on the product, but that doesn't mean you blame them for bad development. That's illogical. It doesn't make any sense. Like, if if a quarterback does something really stupid on the field, just absolutely just brain dead, he throws the ball down and flicks off the audience, takes his helmet off, and he whacks the referee in the face. Is anybody going to be like, this is really on the owner? Like, no. The, the, The guy writing the check doesn't get blamed for the bad behavior of the quarterback. Now, if the quarterback showed a pattern of bad behavior and it was ignored, then sure, you could trace that and talk about maybe the coaches and the owners overlooking it. But if it's out of nowhere, look at BioWare's history, with the exception of uh, of uh, Andromeda. <laughs> with the exception of Andromeda. If it's, if it's seemingly out of nowhere, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, BioWare should have done a great job with this game. What in the world happened? What'd you guys do? What were you doing for the last three years? Telling people to stop blaming the wrong people because they're blaming the publishers. Why are they blaming the publishers? Because their name is front and center. Yo, Sony Kent coming in. Thank you so much for that membership, man. Another new membership today. Thank you. Welcome to Reforge Gaming. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and you deserve dope stuff. If you guys have never done a membership on YouTube, five bucks a month. 
You can hit the join button or use the join command. It supports us directly here. We do not run lots of ads on this channel, so the memberships are desperately <laughs> desperately needed. And we don't want to disrupt the channel with advertisements. There are live environments like that, and we don't want to become one of them. Uh, I mean, okay, hang on. Barrier was seven months. Thanks for the good show, YouTube and Lono, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good barrier Robert I get what you're saying you're saying well that's why people blame EA because their name they see the name I am attempting to educate as to why that doesn't make any sense so when we're talking Witcher 4 versus Cyberpunk 2077 okay and the reason we went off on this tangent is Butters is like well if the investors are pushing a delivery date you know the the, the if the developers are pushing a delivery date it's I'm sorry the publishers or the investors it's on them no it's not the only time I would agree that the publishers are to blame the only time I would agree with that is if the publishers being unreasonable that's the only time if the publishers being unreasonable and saying listen you're not going to get a single delay we need this thing out to market in two to three years blah 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 no absolutely not that's on the publisher I don't think that's happening most of the time at least not anymore I officially hate this boom I hate it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try and get a refund and, and ship this piece of trash back to them Magical fat guy with seven months. Thank God Creature made Reforge Gaming everything that it is. <laughs> we get a standing ovation for Creature, can't we? It's, it's all him. It's all actually. I, it, I I shouldn't jest. He does way he does way more than I do. I just sit in the chair and talk. Okay, question says JB. If I develop an app that eventually turns out to be absolute crap and you publish it for me, does that not affect your credibility? I'm not saying that it doesn't affect my credibility, but when we are, as gamers, educated, like, I am I am promoting being an educated gamer, okay? We're educated. We know that EA writes a check, and then Bioware goes off to build the game. And when that game is mismanaged, and, 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 and the leadership completely and utterly fails... And they have to build the game in 18 months. I think that you are wasting breath and energy blaming EA for that. It, you're, you're, too, you're too educated to do that. You're not some kid, you know, raging out on your Xbox. It's all EA's fault. You're an educated, grown person, and you should be, you should be better than that. You should be like, no, it's not on EA. It's on BioWare the frick did they do there's like a 20 page article about this it's not just somebody on a glass door review trying to drag bioware it was a it was a, it was a heavily investigated situation and it's like 90 percent on bioware it does no good to be like ah it's ea man what why why do that and the reason i think this is so important is magical fat guy uh thank you for your seven months and then seven months from christian my man thank you so much for that renewal thank you guys for maintaining your memberships or doing new memberships if you're new and you're enjoying the show hit subscribe so you can talk in chat and take the poll at the top of the chat 230 votes already the next witcher game are you concerned excited or neither most of you are excited or neither and then there's a portion of you that's concerned it's pretty much split three ways 
I'm just saying I'm tired of these long games. What? Well, then don't play. I don't. Don't play them. You know what I mean? Don't play them. What about some of you keep forcing Loney to defend stuff he normally wouldn't? <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not trying to defend EA. I'm saying j- just speak intelligently. You're too. You're too educated. You're too educated to say things like that. This community here that hangs out here, you're too smart for that. Stop it. You're not blaming me for that boom. I'd have, uh, I'd have, LOL, I'd have his looking like Taylor Swift if I had my way. Oh yeah, you want like one of the, that one of these? I don't know, those things always sound like crap. Don't play them. I almost exclusively only like long games. Yeah, I don't play them. <laughs> If we can get 200 likes, that'd be amazing. I thought this was going to be... I thought we were going to get shot out of a cannon today, and that is not happening. So we're going to have to get some... Let's get some momentum here. Let's get some motion here. When we're thinking Witcher 4, and we're talking cyberpunk, there is significant information about the engine change. I think CD Projekt Red is softly defending cyberpunk while simultaneously saying that the witcher 4 will not be like cyberpunk there is no witcher 4 release date there is no witcher 4 trailer but they've announced they're making it and they're like oh we're we're uh, we're working in a new engine now <laughs> mitchell Bosick with 14 months and it's a tier three thank you for doing a tier three membership that's very kind very generous what's good nerds what's good brody here for my quarterly show up. Yeah, where you been, bro? Come on, throw me out of the background. You think they announced Witcher too soon? You know, it's weird because it's almost like the <laughs> it's almost like, bro, Cyberpunk is 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 still limping. Why are you talking about the Witcher? And more than likely, it's because they're like, look, we we got to move on. We're not done with Cyberpunk, but we, we got to start to move on to other things. That, that, that game is about as good as it's going to get. We'll keep polishing and, and, and smoothing out those rough edges, but uh, we, we, they, we're... we're uh, <laughs> it's time to move on, right? I think Mo pointed out yesterday it's not Witcher 4. Well, it's just easier to say that. I mean, I, they, they're they calling it... what, what, the, what the, the image that they use is just Witcher, the saga continues or whatever. There are too many signs to me that suggest they are going out of their way to not repeat cyberpunk mistakes, but I agree that the right way to do this is to keep your mouth shut until it's ready. Apex proved that. Cyberpunk, <coughs> excuse me, CD Projekt Red said it's not Witcher 4, but a new game IP in the Witcher world. They'll call it the Wit. They'll call it Witcher something, right? They won't. They won't drop the Witcher name. But yeah, I'm just using the number because it's easy. Like, people are searching for The Witcher 4, not, you know, new Witcher game that is not Witcher 4, right? Like, what are people searching for? What are people looking to talk about? They're looking to talk about The Witcher 4. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the fourth game. We're just we're just using terminology that will be common amongst people searching YouTube, right? I'm trying to get people in the stream, dadgummit. Uh, since, uh... <laughs> Since we didn't get, I don't. I thought people were really gonna want to talk about this today, but the audience is like, "Nah, we don't give a frick." I'm telling you, Cyberpunk may be a shadow that they can't get out from underneath for a while. I thought this was gonna be a spicy one. Uh, until people search for whatever they name it, we're calling it Witcher Four. We ran into that with Battlefield. Everybody was searching for Battlefield Six instead of Battlefield 2042. We had the same problem there. <coughs> 
because for years no one's looking for Battlefield 2042 because no one knows the name. Eugene had a good point last night about the announcement. It's mostly for investors and a kind of calling card for folks to come work at CD Projekt Red. Right, right, right. This is likely some kind of a weird maneuver to get people to come work for the company and to get investors. For sure. For sure. Getting the spotlight off of Cyberpunk is fine, says Suede. I still think it's too soon. Recent history has shown nothing good comes from announcing too early. In fact, I think it it feeds the problems. The only reason I will lightly push back on what you're saying, Suede is as long as it's just an announcement of intent which is what this is hey we we're, we want to build it and we're starting to build it as long as that's all it is I think you're totally fine and well and good and here's why because if not you're always going to have those questions anytime you tweet do a blog post or a video or whatever with the community people are like right, what about the next witcher are you working on the next witcher is there a witcher 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 and they're like alright listen shut the frick up we're, we're making it and I also think there's an investor angle and an employee angle. Like, we want to get new developers to work on The Witcher 4. We need investors for The Witcher 4, so let's just announce that we're working on it. And, you know, I think where people run awry, and this is where you're right, Swade, I think where developers and companies run awry is where they show the game, and then, like, five years later, it comes to market. We're like, well, what was that you showed back there half a decade ago? Is This isn't that. A $20 tip from Brody. Very generous. I recently started a company involving drones. I haven't been around a bunch. I still watch the vids later at night. Uh, I take a lot of inspiration from you and your business moves. I appreciate that, man. Good luck with all you're doing. That's cool. I'm getting my PS5 today. I'm so excited. I'm outside all day today. Well, enjoy your PS5. I want to get another PS5 so that my wife and I can play Returnal together. We need to normalize announcements no more than 6 to 12 months out. I I just, I disagree. I think it's okay to make an announcement. It's okay to say we're working on our next game. It's okay to say that. I think there's a gigantic difference between saying we're making the next Witcher and saying here's the trailer, teaser, gameplay of the next game. And then you don't see the game for five years. I think there is a distinct difference between the two. And I think more companies have learned that. I'm worried that we get a Witcher character creator. I'd like a main character with a strong identity and not another our V. I don't know what our, I don't know what you mean by that. If you get two PS5s before I even find one, I'm out. (laughs) Creature says, I disagree. If it's not ready, shut up. Well, what do you think, chat? I mean, what do you think on this announcement thing? Say nothing until six months out? literally nothing there 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 are business realities at play here they have to get backed do they not so insomniac shouldn't have announced wolverine because gamers are impatient yeah like what sinos is saying was it wrong for them to say hey we're gonna make a wolverine cool man can't wait and then that's the end of it we get it we get pumped if it's not ready keep your mouth shut says sorcerer uh suede says i get it It's a fine line for sure. Metroid Prime 4, Elder Scrolls, ETC had to be announced, but fan bases tend to not be patient. It worked for Apex. But you can't, what you're going to, that is literally, that's an anomaly. You can't use Apex as like the normative industry standard. Apex got like special permission to do that. (laughs) Listen, we're not making the next Titanfall. What are you going to do? We want to make a Battle Royale. Are you freaking serious? Yeah, we're going to make a class-based Battle Royale. We think it'll be a hit. 
Uh, okay, yeah, and we don't want to spend any money on marketing. At least not initially. We're going to spend the marketing budget on Ninja and about 15 other giant streamers. And uh, believe me, this is going to work. That, I think, is extremely different. It's a good example. It's a terrible example. And here's why. They were striking on a hot iron that doesn't burn for every game. Right? You're acting like there wasn't eight other reasons they were able to do that. Number one, the absolute explosion of Battle Royale. Number two, the absolute explosion of Ninja. Number three, an insane direct marketing funnel for that particular game type on Twitch. These realities cannot be ignored. You're acting like every game can do that. That, with respect, that's ignorant. Every game can't do that. If they all could do it, they would. They'd save the money. They'd be like, shut up, don't say anything. Let's not even have a marketing budget. Let's just pay streamers. You can do that if it's the right thing, the right moment. The stars and the planets have to align. There were so many organic things that led to Apex being able to do that. And you can't do that every time. Every game company can't do that. Because it would become, as Eugene is saying, how do you drum up financing? How do you recruit talent? How? You got to hit the public and say, we're doing this thing. See you when it's ready. If CD Projekt Red had dropped the news yesterday and the game was on sale this morning, you wouldn't be super hype. See, you're talking about something that's unrelated to much of the reasoning behind the announcements. See, you're viewing announcements unidimensionally. Like, oh, they can only work as a way to drum up hype. No. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. Announcements have multi... They're multifaceted. There's more purposes to them. They, They can make an announcement because they're like, we need to drum up financing. We need to hire talent. We need to let people know. Now... You could certainly take an approach that other game companies take, and you could just say, we're working on a really exciting new IP, and we need people to come work for the company. But most companies, when they're working on the next game, the next sequel or whatever, they say it. They're like, yeah, we're working on the next game, and we need people to come work for us. They're using old tactics that are no longer effective. They need to adapt. I am not going to sit here and say that the marketing strategy of video game companies and publishers need to change, but to pretend that Apex, what Apex Legend did is the, is the archetype, like everybody's supposed to do that. I just think you're ignoring the, the, the litany of things that led to that effective marketing push. Not every game. For example, we talk about this all the time. Look at the look at the three week window after Horizon Forbidden West came out, and that that dum dum on Twitter that was like, you know, PlayStation barely made a splash or whatever, and he was showing how Elden Ring had higher viewership than Horizon Forbidden West. What have we always said? Well, games like that have no shelf life in the live streaming environment. They're like vapor. Oh, the new game, yay! And then a week later, there's like, what game? What? That game, that game's old, bro. (laughs) Already platinumed. I'm on to the next. And so you can't leverage live stream excitement and viewership about that game. Here's a great example to show that it's not a universally best practice. Borderlands 3. 
Borderlands 3 attempted to do exactly what you're talking about. They had this giant release party. They flew out streamers. Rare Drop got me uninvited. And they bring all these people out. And they're all streaming. And they're all promoting the game. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't make that game's success better. It didn't make the reception of the game better. It didn't suddenly change the fact that, like, the, the, the community turned on it the minute they weren't being paid to, to stream it. It was, it was a very similar thing. Now, why? Because Borderlands 3 wasn't built for that environment the way that Apex was. Like, Fortnite, you know, uh, H1Z, PUBG, PUBG, Apex... They're all built for that environment, Call of Duty, that, that, that BR hype and excitement and blah, blah, blah. They're all built for that environment. And so if you're going to if you're going to look at that and you're going to say, oh, well, you should do that every time. That's an example of a time where it didn't really work. They spent all that money and the directory died and no one gave a frick about that game. And it and it and it sort of struggled after the fact. So I don't think. I don't think you can say, I believe you can say this as a premise. Companies should start consider different marketing strategies with respect to their games and the budgets and blah, 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 and how early they announce. You can surely say that as a premise. I don't think you then therefore conclude that the Apex Legends marketing strategy is like the strategy that every company can leverage because they were able to leverage something that was happening in the moment like there was an organic thing happening at that time the battle royale you know train and trajectory was like it was just on this great upward momentum and they bottled that boom and they and they hit the market with great praise and it's respawn so it was a good game you know it was a good it was a good game Sino says the marketing window is being shortened across all entertainment mediums, and you can see that with Thor 4 and the fact that we haven't gotten a trailer uh, four months from release. Um, uh, what is this? Hang on. Oh, it's just the live announcement about this morning. So it did go out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, this apparently was a stinker of a topic. Holy frick. Um... <laughs> The no, I want a common medium between instant and five years. Well, and I, but I think what I think what Sinos is saying is correct. I do feel like marketing windows are starting to adapt and change. They're not all the same. I don't feel like this is the same thing as these trailers that come out. I don't. This is a, an image, and it was just a very basic announcement. Also, consider this. Okay, did you react the same way just to see if we're being consistent here or are we wailing on CD Projekt Red unceremonial here? Unceremonially? Is that the right word? In any case, when the Coalition okay, when the Coalition came out and said, our next Gears game is going to be built in Unreal 5, we're going to be nose down we're going to convert all our assets into Unreal 5 so the next game can be better. Da, 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 da. Same basic announcement. A, it's time for us to shift to next game. And here's our here, we're, we're, here's a tech announcement combined with it so that people know what we're doing. And that likely is a motivation for investment. 
maybe a, a motivation for talent recruitment okay so boom they make that announcement did everybody get ticked off at them no I can't believe you're doing the old marketing strategy of announcing a game too early no people were like oh cool Unreal 5 man excellent that sounds good that's basically what this announcement is we're working on the next Witcher it's going to be an Unreal 5 here's why we're going to have this ongoing relationship with Epic okay boom you send out that announcement to the world now if they were to come out with a teaser trailer with a little bit of gameplay I would literally be on your side of the fence I'd be like yeah what the frick are you guys doing this is literally what drives people crazy you show us the game and then five years later it's probably not going to be anything like what you showed us look at all of the cinematic stuff that released from cyberpunk what eight years ago what in the heck I think, that's what I'm saying, I think there's a distinct difference between an announcement of intent to garner investment and talent and showing a trailer or a teaser or something. I think they are worlds apart in what they're doing. I think they're worlds apart. So you think they needed a market when they just signed a deal with a company that prints money, resources, and staff? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're looking for Unreal 5 developers, probably. Or they're looking for people to to back the game. They're looking to... Uh, let's think about it from this perspective. Epic probably said, Hey, if we're going to do this, we want an announcement. Why? Because Epic's got skin in the game. They're like, listen, if we're going to help you with this, if we're going to fund this, if we're going to help you, and we're going to lend this, and we're going to do this with the engine, we're going to collaborate with you, we want there to be an announcement. Why? Because Epic wants to be seen as a publisher. They want to be seen as a backer, as as a platform. That's likely part of the deal. Epic's probably saying, look, we want to be a part of this. We want to help you with this game, but you need you need you need to make an announcement when we do this. That's likely part of the deal. To to think that this announcement is like some kind of a faux pas right now. I like what are they I I I guess my question would be what are they supposed to do? Because if they nose down and say nothing, you know what people would say? What are you doing? Are, are you working on the next game? Is there going to be another Witcher? What are you doing? What, what what are you doing with Cyberpunk? Well, we know what they're doing with Cyberpunk. They're continuing to patch it and update it. Would you want to go to work at CD Projekt Red after the horror stories that came out uh, about working conditions? Right. This is a multifaceted PR move, right? We're working on a franchise that's beloved. We're working with Epic. We're switching to a new engine and there will be no crunch. That's the other headline right now. This is this is not intended to hype up the audience. Like, you're the benefactor of this announcement by knowing like, okay, cool, something's coming, cool, we've made some videos about it. Neat, thank you, bye-bye. This has very little to do with us as the public. This is way more to do with the company, their PR, uh, and industry confidence. I don't think it's a mistake. I'm just venting about being tired of getting announcements five years in advance. Listen, I've said this very many, many times. Whenever we watch like the Game Awards and they're like, world exclusive. And they show this amazing trailer and you're like, oh my gosh, what the frick game is this? And they're like, 
and there's no release date year. There's nothing. That's just the trailer just ends, and you're like, what the, what, huh? No, what? Huh? Hellblade's a great example of this. They, 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 they talk about it, come up with a trailer, and then 13 months later, they're like, yeah, we haven't really, uh, we haven't actually, uh, even started working on it yet. (laughs) What? What did you just say? Why'd you tell me about it then for 13 months ago? What in the world? Huh? So, ooh, I agree with you to an extent. I agree with you to an extent. What do you mean with the title? Okay, so the announcement about Witcher 4 and the Unreal Engine 5 Switch. Yeah, Star Wars Eclipse is a great example of this. I didn't, I didn't want to hear about that. Why? You have nothing to say. You just got me really excited with the trailer. But what? L- listen, this happens all the time. We have we cover this all the time. A news pressing or a news announcement that says such and such company is working on a Star Wars game. Cool, man. Sweet. I look forward to hearing more. That's typically my posture. Hey, we're working on the next Witcher. We're switching to Unreal 5. We're commitment to no crunch. We're going to be working with Epic. Hey, cool. Sweet. See you later. Bye. I don't need to know anymore. But when you go into like an E3 environment or like a video game awards environment and you're like world exclusive and you show me this amazing trailer and these awesome landscapes and great lighting effects and I get really excited and you have literally not even the year or you're like, showing it to me in the end of 2021 and you're like 2024 maybe asterisks we don't know it's like okay you didn't you didn't need to do that right so i'm on your train of thought to a certain point yep 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 you're right you're right in these instances shut the frick up i don't want to know anything but when it's a press announcement i'm like i I i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fault you for doing that when, when they did it about uh, Ubisoft, when they did it about Respawn, hey, these companies are working on another star, on a Star Wars game. I'm like, cool, man, sweet. Can't wait to see some stuff about it. And then when we get to that point, I'm with you. I don't want to see anything 11 months in, until 11 months and down. Until you're on that final year runway, I don't want to see or hear anything. Nothing, not a blip. You can make your announcement, you can get your investors happy, you can get the industry to see, like, oh, maybe we should go work over there, right? Industry confidence, you're trying to get that boost again, you're trying to get some talent, and again, Epic was probably like, listen, if we're going to do this, you need to make an announcement, because we want the we want the world to know we're working together, it's good for us, it's good for you, it shows that we're more than just, a, you know, a pretty face behind Fortnite, To the guy saying the crunch was overstated. So, the crunch at CD Projekt Red. The latest reporting only detailed the newest instance of crunch at the studio. That same article says that previously the studio crunched for months to create things like the demo the public saw at E3. CD Projekt Red Adam Kaczynski has also admitted that some crunch would be inevitable during an investor call in January, and more importantly, having an official order to crunch does not necessarily correlate with when crunch actually unfolds. Crunch is often an unspoken ambient pressure. Quote, CD Projekt Red has been crunching for months or even on and off for years, Schreier told Twitter. 
<clears throat> Nothing wrong with that at all. It's a recruiting tactic, says Mo. Swade says, pretty sure it didn't go as planned. Oh, he's talking to Sinos about something. They had to do the Star Wars reveal because of the lawsuits Quantum Dreamer facing. Oh, right. Like, hey, uh, we know we're being sued and our company is being investigated for terrible behavior. But, uh, hey, we're making a Star Wars game. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, the reason we're talking Witcher 4 versus Cyberpunk 2077 is the CD Projekt Red announcement about the engine change. They basically said that they're making this decision really early because that's super important to do. And it felt to me as if they were passively saying Witcher 4 is not going to be like Cyberpunk. It's not going to it's not going to go that poorly. And then they also said that they always with every game were evolving the CD Project Red engine with every new game. So it was almost like they were saying, "Hey, we did our best." <laughs> with this engine, with all of our newest games, including Cyberpunk. But we're making this change in this relationship with Epic because these decisions need to be made from the earliest from the earliest stages of game development. So they're kind of saying two things. They're like, we are not going to make the same mistakes we made with Cyberpunk 2077, but we're also not necessarily going to admit that Cyberpunk 2077 wasn't another title where we tried to evolve the engine. You know what I mean? It almost feels like they're defending their own tech and their own releases while simultaneously saying it's it's time it's time for us to move to a new engine. You know what I mean? Schreier lost credibility when he tweeted knowing about the abuse at Activision Blizzard but never reported on it. Oh, he also lost credibility during the the June 2020 cancel event when he protected and insulated his friend who was accused of literal crimes. So, yeah, he's a part of a machine that obfuscates the truth and covers up bad actors, right? I don't know. If you guys didn't see the... Oops. If you guys didn't see the Twitlongers and and everybody blasting uh, Baru, I, I really hope it emboldens other people to start writing their own stories about things that have been going on with other people and other organizations that have been reprehensible and have covered up misconduct. I hope more people feel emboldened to be like, you know what? Everybody just called out Baru. It's my turn. Yeah, this company over here, this this needs to be reported on. I would love for that to happen. Like, when I saw that happening, I was like, maybe this will be, uh, maybe this will be the starter pistol for some other people. Um, he's more worried about his wallet than anything else. I didn't want to open old wounds. Ah, you're no, I'm fine, bro. I, that like, it, that doesn't bother me to bring that up. What did I just walk into? Well, Schreier was reporting on the crunch at Cyberpunk, and somebody was like, "Well, he lost all credibility," and I was like, "Well, that wasn't the first time he lost credibility. He's a he's a freaking coward like the rest of the gaming journalists out there. They're all cowards." Um. It's Witcher 4 until they name it, Mo. You know this. Yeah, everybody's calling it uh, Witcher 4. That's why we're calling it Witcher 4. You know what I mean? So, what happened with Baru? I'll give you the too long didn't read. There's copious twitlongers and screenshots of abusive, nasty, you know, awful DMs. It's funny that when someone's actually a bad person, there's just significant evidence and a paper trail. Isn't that interesting? That's so funny that when someone is actually bad and reprehensible in the background, it's really easy to prove 
with evidence. It's so funny how that works. Um, but yeah, it's pretty bad. It's a pattern of just being a nasty person. You know? And you put that in the blender of of purple platform high school behavior, you know, everybody acting like they're in dadgum high school. This person hurt my feelings and they're, they should be publicly held accountable for it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Yeah, he was his homie. They buried the hatchet for Borderlands or whatever the frick because I think they thought it was going to like be really big for them and it wasn't, so... But yeah, they conveniently buried the hatchet because they were going to have to share so much space together. It's Artie with a brand new membership. Thank you so much. Man, a couple of new memberships today. Thank you. We really need those. Appreciate that. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. Bunny's also wrapped up in anything. Yeah, I mean, they basically blasted him for just being nasty and unkind and abusive and, you know, toxic in the background. Just, just a nasty guy. You know, and listen, listen, it's, 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 it's like the Ellen situation. You know what I mean? It's like dude was, you know, unkind, nasty and abusive to people in, in DMS and, uh, people are like, you know what? People should know this guy's making a lot of money. He's really successful. You should know he's kind of a bad guy. It's like, okay. He hasn't handled it particularly well either. So we need those missing 16 likes. Yeah, we do. We do. We need those missing 16 likes. Just compare, just compare when when someone's put on blast like that and there's copious amounts of DMs and screenshots and proof. Just compare that to other instances from June of 2020 and you'll notice a distinct difference. <clears throat> Everybody's wrong when the company says it's not called that. Mo, like... You know I love you, but don't lecture me about using search terms that everyone's using. Please. Like, please don't do that. Like, can we be can we be self-aware enough to know that we're using Witcher 4 because that's what everyone is searching for cuz it's the fourth Witcher? Like, please. Can we not be petty and pedantic about the Witcher 4? Like, that's what people are searching for. If somebody right now is coming to YouTube and wants to discuss the next Witcher game, they're not typing the next Witcher game that is not actually the Witcher 4. No, they're typing Witcher 4. Like, they want to see what people are saying. It's the fourth game. People did the same thing with Battlefield. Before it was Battlefield 2042, everybody was searching for Battlefield 6. Why? It was the sixth one. I really hope the one company is actually uh, brought to actual light and not given a fluff piece. Sorry. I never really said this, Ashen, but that was one of the reasons I'll, I'll never, I'll never tell people what happened because I don't want to give them... This might sound sinister. Maybe it is. I did not want to be an agent of their freedom. I would prefer them to be shackled and held captive by the lies because that's punishment and judgment and condemnation in its own way. And I didn't want to be an agent of their freedom because if I said something and tried to put it on blast, they would get some sense of freedom from it, right? They'd get some sense of freedom from it and then they would just spin it. So they would get some form of release to like speak the truth about what happened, but then they would just be able to spin it. I'd rather them live with it like a festering disease in their gut, like just living with the lies, worried that they'll always come out. 
So I was like, no, I'm not going to say anything. I won't be a passive agent of your freedom. You know, you can, you can, as she said in, 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 uh, in Downton Abbey, you can, you can wallow in your splendor. I don't, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a fitting judgment. It's a fitting judgment that they all have to, they all have to, you know, continue to, to have that fear and that, that like my therapist always says, secrets make us sick. So I wasn't going to be an agent of their healing or their freedom because screw them. They're, they're, they're horrible people. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a form of, of justice in its own way. Are we still putting CD project red on a pedestal? No, no. One of the things I talked about in this morning's open is that the community concern is palpable at multiple levels. So there are people that are like, bro, you completely jacked up cyberpunk. Why should we care about the next Witcher? There's also people that are like, wait a minute, are you going to abandon cyberpunk? I thought you were trying uh, to to fix cyberpunk, right? So the, 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 the consumer confidence is not there. It isn't. I don't think anybody's putting them on a pedestal, like, at all. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's see if, if if we can. That might be it. That might be it. Maybe it needs to be higher. Uh, maybe it needs to be higher over there. The higher the arm, I don't know. It's probably going to lower anyway. Poll-wise, I don't have confidence in CD Projekt Red, plus Witcher 3 was a mess at launch. I had to be pedantic at least once a day. <laughs> I was trying to teach my daughter what that word meant because she's in that mode now where she argues like the finer points of things, and she's 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 good at thinking critically and logically. Um, you know, uh, what it what is this? me this crap like please stop emailing me this crap bro turn the entire boom around the joints are backwards well but if I do that then the Aver media will be upside down I wonder if that's I wonder if that's what I did because I literally did. I turned it around, and you think that's why it's not holding? I wonder. Lono is texting me. I'm so cool. <laughs> My mom said being pedantic would make me go blind. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Seems like a smart move for CD Projekt Red. Uh, alternating franchises like Rockstar with GTA and Red Dead allows hype to build through absence. They're concerned about your car's extended warranty? No, he's just emailing me about a .com and how I can earn revenue on it or something. I was like, dude, quit freaking spamming me. You've sent me five emails. I've not responded to a single one. Like, stop. It's not even like a newsletter. It's not even like a, a some like a spam thing you can unsubscribe for. Like, it's literally just some dude. Just guessing, because a proper boom would work with gravity, not against it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
I literally did this because I wanted Aver Media to be right side up, but I maybe I did. Maybe it's my fault because I did. I literally it, it looked like a joint that could go either way, so I pulled it this way, right? And then I pulled it this way, and then I brought brought the boom down. But you might be right. It, that that's not how it was in the box. It was the it was oriented the other way. <clears throat> How many CD Projekt Red stands change their minds because of Cyberpunk? Well, I think something needs to be stated. Okay, so The Witcher 3, if you're thinking about The Witcher 4, and you're like, okay, what, what, can, we, what can we sort of maybe make predictions about here and conclude here? The Witcher 3 launched and had lots of problems and lots of bugs and lots of issues. One of the reasons that The Witcher 3 became hailed as like this triumph of a game wasn't because of its release it was because of everything that happened after it was because of how they managed and handled the game how they managed and handled the DLC they treated the game and the community with a lot of respect and because of that everybody was extremely you know happy excited and everything else to be like hey you guys really did right by us right um and so the the nature the nature of the nature of Witcher 3's journey was one where once the bugs and glitches were removed everybody sort of decided hey this game is fantastic and it actually was like underneath if you just play The Witcher 3 right now and you have no concept of when it launched bugs glitches and whatever you're going to be like this is an amazing game Right? Yeah, and they gave people free DLC. And so what people remember is the improvement. Now, we've talked about this before with the other game I used to cover, the psychological manipulation that comes from creating something with flaws, and then you fix those flaws, and that's what everybody remembers. They're like, oh my gosh, the game is so much better now. Oh my gosh, the game has improved dramatically. And I think with The Witcher 3, a lot of people's memory is that. They're like, it's a great game, but it also, it just kept getting better every time they updated it and every time they pushed something out. In walks Cyberpunk. And Cyberpunk, no matter how much they do to polish it, it's still at its core doesn't have that magic that The Witcher 3 had. Okay, all the people that defend Cyberpunk and talk about how it's such a great game, I think even most of them would admit that at an RPG open world level, Witcher 3 is a superior game. It just is. It's It's got better voice acting. It has better... Now, the, the character design is, I think, more advanced in Cyberpunk. The characters look amazing, right? And so, the I think... Cyberpunk shattered the illusion of, well, CD Projekt Red will do right by us. They'll fix the game and make things significantly better because even once you got past the bugs or you got underneath the performance issues of Cyberpunk, even once you got past all that, baked into the crust of the game was just a very bland, boring game. There was nothing there. It was like, this game isn't that good. This game's not that great. It's got... It's got significant issues. Like, I had I had somebody take issue with me the last time I played Cyberpunk, and he was like, 
you know, you criticize the game, but you don't even enjoy engaging in those elements uh, in games. You know, the reading and the and the dialogue trees and everything else, right? And I said, listen, the last couple times I'd played Cyberpunk, I let all of the scenes play out. I let the dialogue trees go. I let the cutscenes go, right? I let all of those things play out. I did. And it was so boring and so poorly written and so poorly paced. There are literal scenes that are supposed to create like gravity and intensity and like drama. And you're standing around waiting for the next NPC to talk because the audio cues are so poorly built. It's like, what are we going to do, man? Where are we going to go? And the guy's arms go down to his side. And everybody kind of stands around like, I'm, I'm waiting for one of the NPCs to go line like they've forgotten their lines or something. So there, there it, it lacks this, it lacks this organic sense of reality. It's like it doesn't even seem real. You know, go, go play Ghost of Tsushima. Go play other narrative-driven games. That's not happening. It's 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 embarrassing. It's like even if you would say because Eugene saying the voice acting I've seen has been garbage. It is. It's pretty bad. But if you argued, oh, that's subjective, I think the voice acting's pretty good. Okay, at a mechanical level, at a developmental level, having conversational audio cues not firing properly, that's a development, that's a development problem. You didn't develop this game well. What the, what is this? What is going on? You, 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 you can't have a conversation flow like that. There are scenes like that in Ghost of Tsushima. You're riding along on your horse and someone's talking about this vengeance or this revenge that they need and how angry they are. And it's not like they say that and then Jin just sort of rides silently for a while like, that was a heck of a speech you just gave. Oh no, oh it's my turn to talk, I'm sorry. No, it it, it feels like an actual conversation. There's a back and forth. They're literally speaking I have it set. They're speaking Japanese and it feels more organic to how conversations sound and how they flow than they do in cyberpunk. So I I don't think that CD Projekt Red is held in high regard right now because everybody went sort of darling treatment crazy for them because of what they did with Witcher 3 after the fact and beneath the fog of fixes, there was a good game. There was. There was a good game underneath that fog. Beneath the fog of all the fixes of Cyberpunk, the game just lacks a sense of excellence. Right? Even the people that like it, I just, I've never heard them argue about its excellence. With The Witcher 3, I think you could argue and make a case for the game's excellence underneath all those changes and updates they had to do it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Elden Ring right Elden Ring had had frame pacing issues and frame rate issues and they've been continuing to patch and optimize and try to fix those issues okay and most people that review the game were like the game's amazing there's some weird hitching in the opening there's some weird frame stuff it tends to go away the further you play Oh my gosh, there's such an amazing game underneath here, right? 
and I can sense the same thing. Other people can sense the same thing. They push through that opening area, they get past those performance issues and those frame stutters, or they continue to happen, and they can sense underneath that there is such a good game here. Patch that bug, patch that glitch, right? It's like when you play a really good game and you fall through the map or there's a broken quest. You're like, well, that's really irritating, but I'm sure they'll patch it, right? It felt like a poor man's GTA. I got Jackie's bike and never used another vehicle because cars were terrible. I remember watching Yang Ye's one video and he was talking about how like, oh yeah, driving is a little bit better. You know, driving is a little bit better now. And I was like, Oh my gosh, if one of your patches and one of your community feedback pieces in the wake of this game launching, if one of those things is, oh, the, the driving is not garbage now, then your game is in terrible shape. Your, your game is in just horrendous shape, if that's the case. I think the highest legitimate praise I've seen from people is, it's fine, it's not as bad as people claim. PS5 performance is still trash, but that's not stopped me from 70 hours in Elden Ring. I love Elden Ring, but personally, I love Witcher 3 more. I just, I wish I could have gotten into The Witcher 3. Witcher 3 is probably one of the best games I never played. We, we, it was just, we, we, we tried playing it. We, we, we tried uh, to do something fun with it, something creative with it. And the, it just, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't working at the time. Um, you know, it just wasn't working. I mean, even now we're kind of dealing with that. Like, if we depart, if you depart from a game or some central thing that you've been focusing on, you lose support, and that's just a huge challenge uh, in the game streaming world. Is you you have to just continue to carve out support so that you can weather the lack of support when you dip to do something else. And when we did that with The Witcher Three, it just didn't work. It was like it was it was too big of a departure from the main game that I played and covered and so I I had to walk away from it it was a huge bummer because I was having a lot of fun with it I actually thought I actually thought and still think it's just it's a really really good game and that was I think even in the midst of some of the things they were trying to patch I like the Witcher but Elden Ring trumps uh, way more depth in the game in terms of gameplay yeah I can't do a comparison I can't do a comparison because the Witcher, the Witcher 3, one of the things... Okay, so I actually played the game twice, funny enough. <clears throat> I played the game twice, and um, the the sort of... Um, what was it? that there was, a, there was a moment where I had like a breaking... I had like a breaking point with the game. It was the GOAT. It was the GOAT side quest, right? I struggle even today with doing the dialogue trees I struggled with it in Mass Effect when I played Mass Effect I was generally only interested in being like who? how many people can I successfully romance right for a litany of reasons right I was younger I thought it was funny I thought it was ex- kind of exciting like ooh I've never played a game like this but generally speaking I did not enjoy the dialogue trees in that game either it's just not something that uh, that make, it, does, I, it just doesn't make me tick I'm like uh, it just gets annoying and so I was, I was already kind of turned off in The Witcher 3 by the, by the insane amount of dialogue trees. Now, I am quite a bit different now. I, in the right game with the right characters, I actually enjoy some dialogue. I think Horizon Forbidden West's 
optional story lore building world building dialogue or like character arc building i actually think it's very concise very well written and well voice acted and if i wasn't streaming i would have exhausted a lot of those dialogue trees because i actually enjoyed them so i have changed a little bit as a streamer and as a gamer but i remember the first time i played the witcher 3 I was in this super long dialogue sequence with some main characters and some main stories, and I thought, okay, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. You know, they're building the story, they're establishing characters or what have you. And then I found some random guy, and I was, like, talking to him about this side quest. He needed me to go get his goat, and it proceeded to drag me into, like, a lengthy scene with dialogue tree options. And I was like, all right, I can't do this. I was like, if even a side quest is going to be like, hey, we we need to we need to drag you through a dialogue tree. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I, I don't I don't I don't care about <laughs> I don't care about this guy's goat enough to dive down a dialogue tree. Now, the second time I played The Witcher three. I was trying to do something comedic. I was, like, doing a voice for Geralt. If people weren't watching the stream, they were like, wait, was that him or Lono? Like, I got pretty good at mimicking his voice and tricking people and making just stupid remarks. And it was a comedic attempt to play through the game. That was back when I was experimenting with the idea of, like, as a content creator, can I play something like The Witcher uh, or even Cyberpunk and do something comedic with it? Almost make fun of it, almost mystery science theater you know, kind of mock what's going on. And it was going pretty well, but the support was just terrible. It was like, I, I, I at, the, at the time, I was streaming to like uh, a, a, a tenth, maybe. Maybe not a tenth. Probably one-fifth of my typical, you know, viewership. And it just felt like an absolute waste. It's like, why am I going to take an absolute, just crazy viewership hit to do this? And you have to consider something. With a game like The Witcher 3, if you're going to do that, the commitment is humongous. The game's going to take forever, I mean forever, to beat. We ran into this with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I was like, bro, there's no way I can stream this game. If I play it for a couple hours a day, I'm not streaming this game for two months to beat it. No one's going to care in two to three weeks. So as a streamer, it's tough. YouTubers have uh, like YouTubers that upload they can tend to treat these games a little bit differently like when the Witcher 4 actually releases most of these guys what they'll do is they'll either get an early copy or they'll get it as fast as humanly possible and they'll play insane they'll just play absolutely insane amount of hours and they'll they'll dump all this time in and then they'll record all this footage and then they'll upload well as a streamer you can't really do that like unless you're specifically known for completionist gameplay you got to interact with the audience you got to talk you got to kind of take breaks or in my case i'm mostly talk show so it just doesn't fit i love the mystery science theater style but you'd really need both a popular game and a good quick wit partner to do it with. Right, and then you also have to consider even a popular game even as popular as Elden Ring is it just starts to run out of steam, you know and Elden Ring continues to deliver because from software fans are kind of cut different, right? They'll they'll watch you play Demon Souls, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3 they don't care, they just love watching people play the games, they love helping, they love watching the struggle, it's like it's entertaining for them. And like if like if we would have tried to do something comedic with cyberpunk like let's do a comedic playthrough of cyberpunk 2077 i'll make fun of it i'll mock it whatever it wouldn't have worked because it would have taken too long you know
So it's like our afternoons. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else spent 10 hours in Skellige sailing to each and every icon on the map? No, I didn't know. Witcher 3 and Elden Ring are just not the same. Well, I think the comparison he was drawing between uh, The Witcher 3 and Elden Ring, I think he was drawing the comparison at a level of RPG. I think that was kind of his intention. The build guides for Elden Ring are insane alone from Software Community. It's from a different cloth for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. I uh, I didn't re- I didn't report on this. Did you guys see this? Um, <clears throat> I had to get all caught up on it. There was a YouTuber, and I actually referenced his review. I didn't I didn't say who it was. Um, if you go back and you watch my episode about Elden Ring, about Elden Ring toxicity and the truth, basically saying Elden Ring might not be for you. I quoted the guy, and said that you know he said every every game should be accessible to everybody. I actually didn't perfectly quote him. He said, games that are not accessible to everybody shouldn't be made, was how he phrased it, which is just, it, it, as an opinion, it's, it's not even really an opinion. It's just, it's just, it's sort of bankrupt, right? Anyway, from a business standpoint, it's bankrupt. From an art standpoint, it's bankrupt. Like, it's just, it's a stupid statement all around. Opinions can be wrong. And this is a firm, this is a great example of it, Okay. Well, the YouTuber's name is uh, is Quantum TV, and he got taken to task for his review because I watched it and I thought this is an awful review, calling the game trash, calling it awful, you know, and and kind of kind of going after the people that didn't agree with him, right? Well, a smaller YouTuber, uh, a smaller YouTuber used some of his review to basically say look look at this stupid review that this guy made and quantum uh did a did a takedown request on the video now he didn't strike the guy's channel but he did a takedown request because he doesn't understand fair use he's displayed that in numerous videos that he doesn't understand fair use and so he does his takedown thing so review tech does a video about it and is like i don't care about elden ring i haven't even played it yet right i have i haven't even played the game yet i'm not a from software fan but you know doing takedown requests on fellow youtubers is a big no-no that's not something you should be doing this is how fair use works you don't seem to understand fair use well uh quantum decided to kind of you know to kind of bite back fight back and just to kind of continue to double down and uh he, he he made he made a fatal error because he had tweets and Facebook posts saying really nasty things about the LGBTQ community. And he has <laughs> he has since <laughs> I'm not laughing at what he said, I'm laughing at his defense. His defense is comical. He ha- he has since defended himself by saying that back then uh, he had experienced a significant hack. All of his accounts got hacked. He has these moderators that, that he had to get and he had to hire or whatever to manage all of his stuff. He says he just doesn't understand these social media platforms. He just doesn't understand how they work, right? That's what he that's what he claimed. Um, and the, the, the posts on Facebook and the posts on Twitter were almost identical. He was like really angry about The Last of Us 2 and he was saying all this nasty stuff about like liberals and stuff. 
And so he claimed that, like, he had to get all these moderators. And then he doubled down again in another video, and he said that those moderators made those posts for him. He had these people in control of his accounts, and they made the posts for him. And I'm like, what? So you got hacked, and people made bad people. People said bad things. But when that seemed a little unbelievable, you you then claimed that the moderators did it. And I guess you weren't paying attention to any of your social media platforms to see these posts that were made. They were made in 2018, so these aren't like a decade old. This is back during like the Last of Us Two criticism and stuff. And. And then he immediately deleted the, the pages and the accounts. Just immediately. As soon as it was being drawn attention to, uh, they were... The, the, those accounts were deleted. So he doesn't understand how these platforms work. He doesn't understand them at all to the point that he had to, he had to get moderators to handle these platforms for him. But as soon as attention's drawn to it, everything disappears. Like, you suddenly became very proficient in using these accounts and using these platforms. Like, you immediately went into the back end and just, like, nuked everything, Right? And the posts on Facebook and the posts on Twitter, it was like clearly the same person wrote these things. Nasty, very, very toxic, you know, uh, things were said. And we're supposed to believe these phantom mods that he apparently uh, employed did it. And uh, so it was like he, he he's he's basically... <laughs> now, I don't know, actually, if he's, if he's gained subscribers from this. I think he has. I think he actually has gained subscribers from the whole thing. Because when the whole thing started... I'm pretty sure he had like 50,000 some some uh some uh, subs and now he's he's over that. He he's at 64,000. Um I'm actually I'm actually curious. I'm actually curious if he gained subs from it. Uh let me see. No, no. He unlisted some stuff too. He unlisted 6.4 million views worth of videos. So he must have had he must have had some old content that he didn't want people to find. No, yeah, yeah. Back in February, he had 60,000. So yeah, he hasn't gained, he hasn't lost almost any subs. He's gained subs for the past uh, 30 days. And he's gained viewership. He gained 700,000 views on Tuesday, 666,000 views on Wednesday. But he did unlist 6.4 million views uh, worth of content right and so I don't know if he's got other videos that he doesn't want people to find but yeah <clears throat> I, I it's funny too because I remember watching the, the review and thinking this is a horrible review like this is just your preference because you can go back and watch my video I said I, I've seen reviews where they literally just argue their preference they're like I don't want to have a game that stresses me out I don't want to have a game that's really hard. It's like, okay, do you have zero self-awareness? What? Do you have zero self-awareness? You you, you just, it's not for you. It's not a game for you. Just don't play it. Like, I did that with The Witcher 3. The first time I played The Witcher 3, I was like, I don't like all these dialogue trees. I'm not going to play it. With Cyberpunk, I did the same thing. I was like, I just can't get into this game. It's too boring. It's too slow. I just don't like this game. I'm putting it down. Now, I do make criticisms of Cyberpunk that I think are... I try to operate as objectively as I can. Like, at a design level, I think they've made bad decisions. I think there's flaws. I think there's... there's it, it doesn't... The game doesn't function well at certain levels. 
voice acting, writing, the, the the pacing of dialogue and these these sorts of things. I think it fails to do those things well. Because if you want me to get invested in a story-driven game, you have to tell the story really, really well. Examples of this would be Ghost of Tsushima, Hellblade, even Ori in the Blind Forest and Ori in the Will of the Wisps tells a compelling story with very little dialogue, and yet I'm still interested from moment one. So he never stopped grifting, he just changed sides. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... Listen, I actually reached out to him on, on, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a comment. I said, I would love to interview you on Reforge Radio about this. Because number one, I am not pro-cancel culture. Like, this guy, I am pro-calling out bad behavior on YouTube. Like, if you're abusing the copyright system, which he was, he misunderstands the ID tool in the background as well. He says that, like, this ID tool uh, tells you when someone has infringed. It's like, no, it just lets you know and alerts you know when your content's being used, and then it leaves it up to you to decide whether or not you think that the person didn't abide by fair use which as long as there's commentary and as long as it's transformative it falls under fair use um don't underestimate hating on uh lgbtq uh folks as a magnet for subs oh i'm sure i'm sure i you know i i don't think that's a I don't think it's a very long road, but yeah, I'm sure there's a large audience uh, for that type of content. But yeah, he unlisted 6 million uh, videos or whatever. But I reached out and I was like, I'd love to interview on Reforge Radio about this. I would. Because, number one, are you sticking to your story? Or Or is it time to tell the truth? Did you say these terrible things? Do you still believe these terrible things? If not, what changed your mind? Is it genuine change, or are you just changed because you don't want to get in trouble? Okay, so are you sticking to your story? And number two, number two, like, what have you learned from this? Like, as as far as responding to criticism and the way that you've responded, do you feel like you've handled it well? Do you feel like this was a good idea and a good experience? And, you know, did did this go well for you? (laughs) Like, as a person, I don't care that your channel's getting lots of views. People are probably going just to vote, you know, just to downvote his stuff. So I, I reached out and said, you know, it wouldn't be a hit piece. It wouldn't. I would just like to interview you and be like, listen, man, wait, <clears throat> you know, no BS. Let's just hear. Let's just hear what in the world your uh, your side is. Let's hear the truth here. I'm not going to try and cancel you. I'm not going to try and do a hit piece. You know, I'll talk to anybody within reason. You know, if, if they're, you know, you're not going to come on my on my show and spew hate. Right. How did Horizons dialogue tree keep you hooked? I change as a player. Uh, chest pain. If I were to play The Witcher 3 now, especially off stream, I would probably enjoy the dialogue trees. I've changed a little bit as a player. You see how Gloss scare the crap out of an entire community? How how did he do that? <clears throat> what, the, 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 the bungee thing? They all got scared? Like, oh my gosh, our stuff could get unlisted? <laughs> our stuff could get attacked? Today on Reforge Radio, why are you a jerk? If you're just tuning in, we've been discussing Witcher 4 versus Cyberpunk 2077. And one of the reasons that we're doing that is because the announcement about Witcher 4, they're not calling it Witcher 4, but it's the fourth Witcher. The announcement about it indicated that they'll be switching to the Unreal 5 engine, and they made remarks that sounded as if they're sort of trying to tell the community we're not going to make the same mistakes we made with Cyberpunk, and yet they're also kind of trying to defend their work on Cyberpunk with respect to the 
the choice of like we need this engine really really early on we need to make these technical decisions really really early on but then they also said every new game they tried to evolve the CD Projekt Red engine someone finally explained how easy it would be for a developer to stop content creators in a way that uh, in a way that landed with people How do you feel about Assassin's Creed franchise? I loved Assassin's Creed Origins. I really, really did. I couldn't do... uh, I couldn't do Odyssey. To be honest, says Vanessa, I don't care whether a person really changes because sometimes it's it's impossible to change uh, this type of person. The only thing we can do is ensure they understand acting on it will be bad for them. Well, you can learn from this. In the future, you can just throw creature and barrier under the bus. No worries. <laughs> he does that anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'll just start tweeting really hateful things and be like, it's not me. It's my producer. Like, you know, he just, he's going rogue. I don't know why. I, he's going on these awful rants about the Dutch. It, it's it's not me. I, I promise. I promise. Um... Uh, if you guys haven't smashed like or subscribe today, please do so. Um, we're going to probably, uh, let's see, with all the videos he makes, I don't know how he's got time to do any actual lawyer work. <laughs> uh, let's check on the poll here. It did okay. This has been a, a surprisingly uh, weak topic. I thought this was a banger, but I guess not. I, 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 I You know what I think it is? If I'm, if I'm going to diagnose the lack of interest in today's topic, I really do think people are just like, I'm done. I think the latest big patch for Cyberpunk that was supposed to be like this significant moment for the game, and it was supposed to really turn things around, I think it pleased the people that were already playing, but I think most people experienced that patch the way that I did. We came back and we're like, barely made a dent. Right? Barely made a dent. And so, people are clearly excited for a new Witcher, says Benji. Over 300,000 likes for the announcement tweet. That's amongst the biggest gaming announcement tweets ever and bigger than Rockstar Games' announcement of Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, well, I I don't know. Maybe we're just getting beat up by the algorithm. Maybe we just didn't... Maybe this sub-base is tired of it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe linking it to Cyberpunk is is just turning people off because the last couple times... We, we covered and, and went over it. I feel like a lot of people felt the same way I did. They were just like, yep, this patch just didn't do enough. I don't know. We're also late. We're also late. So that's that could be playing a, a huge factor. I was out of town and we missed the we missed the uh, the hot moment, you know? We missed it. It's one of those things that happens when you take a trip. It's like, oh man, that was such a good thing. Let's go back and talk about it. Um People aren't searching for it in all honesty, like you know Witcher 4 is coming. We ran into that with delays, Wheezy. We realized that if you covered a delay, no one gave a crap. They would see the title and they're like, cool, there's a delay. I, there's no reason to discuss. <laughs> You'll notice we don't cover delays anymore. Now, we'll tell you like a release or release info or like, hey, the game's no longer getting delayed, but if there's an announcement about a delay, we don't cover it anymore because people are like, cool like what the frick <laughs> we learned that we got burned by so many delay streams we thought oh this is big news another game got delayed and people are like we don't get we don't freaking care <laughs> 
Anyone take uh, talking about uh, Rocksteady uh, delaying Suicide Squad kills the Justice League delay till next spring. Game's never going to come out. I don't know about you guys, but there are a ton of games that are now slated for fourth quarter this year, and I'm like, that game's probably not coming out. <laughs> no, I'm like, that game's not coming out, bro. If they're like, yeah, it's it'll be out fourth quarter this year. I'm like, sure it will. <laughs> Sure it will, bro. Uh, you know it, 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 that fourth quarter, man. I, I just it 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 doesn't seem it just doesn't seem likely. It does not seem likely that we're we're going to see a lot of those games release. That's like the that's like the the cliff that everybody falls off of. You know, don't say delay, just say the wait is over. What was that? <laughs> John? What was that? <laughs> What was that? I remember the joke, but I don't know what it's in reference to. The wait is over. What? I really wanted Final Fantasy 16 news, but with Forspoken being delayed, uh, it'll be next year before we hear anything. I hate this song. I keep thinking my doorbell is ringing. I can't hear the music. I don't wear headphones during the talk show anymore. Anyone else hearing a doorbell, or am I going mad? <laughs> apparently, apparently, this song has doorbells in it. Guys, someone's at the door. Come on, go check your front door. <laughs> Ours is linked to the to the Amazon thing, so it's like someone's at the front door. We have like the ring or whatever, so like it, it alerts us. The guy saying the wait is over a week before Elden Ring released. No, that wasn't it, was it? Was that it? Was that the joke? I thought it was... I thought it was something else. I thought I thought it was... I thought it was something else. I thought there was something else that we were joking about, like, the wait is over, and it was like, the game's not coming out. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Ah, uh, it was so comical. We weren't the only ones that picked up on it. I... I feel like it was super funny, but I can't remember what it was. It was a guy that was in here one day. It was, no, 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 no. It was an Xbox thing. It was an Xbox thing, right? The guy was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's what it was. We were like, we're waiting and waiting and waiting for all these titles for the the Series X. He's like, the wait is over. And then he listed Starfield. (laughs) He listed Starfield and like a bunch of other games that aren't even out yet. And we're like, huh? The frick are you talking about, bro? What do you mean the wait is over? (laughs) You're talking about games that aren't even out yet. That's what it was. That's what it was. It was someone in chat. Oh, that, that killed me. That absolutely killed me. I was like, did you even read what you just wrote, bro? The wait is over. Oh, Enigma. Wasn't that a commenter that said Microsoft is working on something big now and for the next few years, the wait is over. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it was, Arch Enigma. It was more than just Starfield. That's what it was. He was like, the wait is over. There's all these games coming out in the next couple of years. (laughs) Oh, that poor person. That poor, poor... 
Oh man, that's a sweet summer child. They was just like they were lost. They were absolutely lost. <laughs> oh man. Hey, listen. It, it's been a slow day. We're, we're we're we've we're we're not we're not we're not having a banger. So let's sell some coffee, right? Are you getting low on your Rageless Roast? Do you drink coffee? If not, try the Light Roast. It's the most drinkable of the bunch. Uh, it's a medium-bodied coffee, honey undertone, smooth finish, and a balanced acidity. Very, very drinkable. Some people just drink it straight black. You can drink it with creamer. Uh, there's lots of people that enjoy this with um, with a cold brew. Actually, they like the dark roast for cold brew. So same flavor, just roasted up to a dark, up to a dark roast. Full-bodied, honey undertones, bold finish with balanced acidity. If you're not a coffee drinker or you are a coffee drinker, be warned, if you buy this coffee, it makes drinking other coffee very difficult. My wife uh, is like 100% only drinks my coffee now. She uh, she doesn't like the local stuff like she used to get. So, it's good stuff. And that does support the family. That's not a sponsor. That's our coffee. And uh, we've not been promoting our sponsors nearly enough. I do need to get a timestamp here. Um, we do need to mention this and do a little segment. Uh, we, we are getting sponsored uh, work again, which is exciting. Um, because you guys have been supporting and the channel's doing great and when the channel's doing great and the viewership's doing great people uh, people tune in people tune in so let me write down a timestamp so I can come back later and snag this as a clip coffee disclaimer doesn't melt that's right that's right <laughs> oh man <clears throat> we also have another microphone from that company. We'll be doing that one in a couple of days. If you've ever wanted to get into video game capture or capturing your gameplay, but you don't want to get super involved into the high-tech nature of it, but you also want it to look good, uh, the, 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 the one that I've been sent here by Narvatech, it does... 120 FPS full HD capture. You plug it right in. It does come with USB 3.0 cable, so you would need that uh, on your on your device. You just plug this into your laptop or computer, and then you plug HDMI right into the back of it, and you can capture your gameplay. High frames per second, HD quality. I I I don't use it because it doesn't have pass through. So if you need pass through, this won't work for you. But if you're just looking for basic capture, affordable, use the wand command in chat right now for the link, or use the link in the description below to check out the Narvatech video capture wand. This is the NS120 model, which is important when you're wanting to play higher frames per second games, like when I have been playing. Uh, not necessarily Elden Ring. Elden Ring's capped at 60, but even 60 is going to look good on a device like this, okay? But when you push games up to 120, this is going to be able to capture it. So check out the link below or use the wand command in chat for an affordable uh, capture card. Capture cards range in price. They can go really, really expensive and require you to do something internal to your computer. Uh, this thing's $89 on Amazon, so be sure to check it out if you're looking into experimenting with your own game capture. Even if you're just looking to capture game, you know, you want to share it on Twitter or share it with your buds, you don't have to get into content creation, okay? So we appreciate them sending that to us and, and doing a little sponsored segment for that. We are, we are pioneering doing live integration sponsorships as opposed to just like little intros. And uh, we, we appreciate that for them. We're going to have another, I have another toner microphone that they sent me with a boom and everything else. Um, that's going to be a higher quality microphone than the, than the one we, we, we showcased last time. And we'll be doing that starting, I think, 
tomorrow. We'll do that a couple of different days. Just real short little brief things. It's great when we get those opportunities. It supports me. It supports what we do. Just like membership supports what we do. Um, When I streamed on Purple, I never asked for subs. Like the $5 a month subs. I never asked for them. They just happened on their own. But we have had to take a very different approach over here on YouTube because YouTube's structure is quite different. It's, it's, it's mainly structured around living off of the ad revenue, which we can't do uh, because we don't run lots of ads. And as a live streamer, there's you're not constantly getting hit with ads like when you watch like a short 10-minute video that goes viral and then there's like lots of ads in the video. So we really, really lean on the memberships. So if you are in a position where you can do a $5 a month membership, those memberships add up for us if lots of people do them. Uh, I know... There are, actually, we, we checked the report on this. There's a lot of people that can't maintain memberships right now for financial reasons. I know the world's kind of crazy, and it's affecting people uh, in different ways. So if you can't afford a membership, we get it. We totally understand that. Just make sure you're lurking, you're liking the video, you're chatting, you're taking part in the polls. Uh, those are all things that help the video get discovered as well. So there are free ways to support, but if you can do the membership for 5 bucks a month or buy a t-shirt from 80s Tees, a displayed or some coffee... All of those things support the channel as well. Do you need the mics? Maybe a giveaway would be good. I do not like to do giveaways because then I have to get somebody's shipping information and ship something. And I have, I just have zero interest in doing that. I'm way too busy. We ship, my, my wife is busy enough shipping the coffee when we make coffee sales. And the kiddos write little thank you notes to you guys. And we got to print labels and everything else. Like it would cost me money to do that. Like it would be expensive to ship a microphone to somebody. I, I actually despise giveaways. I just, I don't like them. <laughs> it's just, I've never liked doing them. And companies always want to do them. And I'm always like, I, I've literally told companies like, no, I don't do giveaways. I, I don't do it. I did it uh, with 80s tees because he handled everything. I basically just handed him off... Um, you know, the address and their size and what shirt they wanted. And then the guy from 80s T's took care of everything. But I don't, I can't stand doing it. Because it, you know, it costs me money to do a giveaway. <laughs> it's like, let me go spend through the nose on shipping for, you know, flat rate box or whatever to ship a microphone to somebody. It just isn't worth it. The best emotes? Yeah, Lono Ball. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, let's just do it. Hey, it's giveaways because some rando always wins. That was my least favorite thing when we would do giveaways on purple. And yeah, and some randy would win. It would it would freaking infuriate me. Gosh, what an absolute dud. Alright, we got it. We we're we're cutting bait. Sorry guys. We're we're rolling. We're rolling. We're gonna roll right into gameplay. Uh sorry. Uh can't do it can't do it. I'm not dragging a dead horse up a hill. Alright. Not every topic can be a home run, and this one barely got somebody on base. Don't know why. Don't know why. YouTube's been loving us lately. This topic probably just... I think Wheezy's right. I think this topic just died. No one cares about Witcher 4 right now. It was probably hot day after. It's probably hot day after. I was in Florida. So we're covering this almost a full week late. Not a full week late, about half a week late. Any thoughts on the Unity Enemies tech demo? 
Unity enemy. I don't even know what that is. Unity enemies? I've not heard of that. It's in tech demo right now. Tech demo that's streamable? Um, are Reforge Radio and this channel separate memberships? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to ever help us like unify the memberships. Because like right now, we can't do members only anything. Because if we did, if we did a members, if we did a members only anything, all it would do, all it would do is make people feel like, well, wait a minute, you told me I could keep my membership over here and that was totally fine. I'm not a member over there. You know what I mean? It would just look bad. It would be like, so there's a lot of efforts and things you can do as a YouTuber to drive membership that we can't do because we had to move the live show over here. And when we moved the live show over here, it was like, yeah, you can keep your membership on on the other channel. We're going to keep feeding that channel content or you can switch. Well, not not everybody switched because they wanted to keep their membership over there because they wanted to keep their one-year badge, which makes sense, right? So, unfortunately, we can't do any of the things to drive membership. I just have to ask for it. <laughs> I can't be like, hey, we do these really great members-only videos and you get these sneak peeks and blah, blah, blah. I can't do that can't stream to two channels at once wait you can I wonder you can yeah no no you can't no you can't no we'd have to do a restream thing you could do two streams on one channel at once you can't but you can't you can't do that you can't stream on two channels at once not with that not without a restreaming thing and I don't you know I don't want to do that a members only discord stream I don't want to do that either I don't want to do restream I don't want to do members only discord streams I don't, I don't want to do any of that I want to do I want to house all the value and content on YouTube Lost Ark had an update and there'll be a collection of rewards for everyone to pick up yeah I saw somebody put that in there I'm really struggling on what we're supposed to do with games like Lost Ark and New World um. Why would we? The content's drastically different. Right, it would be kind of weird to do a members-only stream on both radio and gaming, unless it was just like a personal AMA or something, if we felt like members wanted that. I don't know. Are the Lost Ark servers back yet? Yeah, I'm not sure. Unfortunately, I had to just... I had to completely... Uh, walk away from that game. I just I don't see a future for us in MMOs. I know we were trying to niche down in them, but I just I don't see how the frick I'm supposed to do it. I'm one person, and I'm doing two channels, two like, multiple live streams a day. There's literally no way for me to keep a character at a level where I can do anything in those games. I just can't do it. I can't mentally care, and if I can't mentally care, I can't play the game. I can't do it. Still waiting on the reverse seer stream. Lost Ark's back up. I feel so bad too, because like Lost Ark was doing great and we got a guild and people were loving it, but then it's like, I I can't do this. Like, I can't become a Lost Ark streamer and that means I'm going to fall behind and that means my character won't be up to snuff, which means I can't do anything with it. I can't. You either fully dive into an MMO or you can't do it. It's not possible. Like, what we were able to do with Destiny worked. Why? Because you could play Destiny hardcore for a week or two and then play casual for six months. You can't do that with MMOs. It just doesn't work. 
I can't do a weekly Lost Ark stream. What the frick am I going to do for two or three hours? Not, I'm not going to get anything accomplished. It just doesn't work. Like, I can't mentally get there. Like, once I stop playing a game like that for a while, I'm like, I, I have zero desire to go back and play that. I'm super far behind. I don't know what the frick's going on. I've not been paying attention to the updates. You know what I mean? Like, we thought we were going to be able to do it, and I just, I don't see a path forward. I don't. Like, I see playing them when they first come out, really chopping them up, try to spin up the community and give you guys a hub to play, and then I can always revisit and cover the news about it, like if something's happening, patch notes or whatever, because I've played it and I'm familiar. But there's literally no way that I can I can continue to go back to either of those games. It's just is impossible. I don't. Ha- I I barely have enough time to do what I'm doing right now. MMOs require too much time investments to do end game stuff, which is the stuff people want to watch. Yeah. Final Fantasy and Lono would not mix. Yeah, everybody always tries to push the Final Fantasy angle, and it's like, brother, I've watched the gameplay. I'd, I would last five minutes, and I would I would immediately check out. I would just immediately, mentally be like, I'm out of here. I can't do it. I can't do it. We went double talk show almost all of December and January, and that was so... that Next to Elden Ring, that was some of our greatest growth. So, I think our best format going forward is to mostly talk show lean on gameplay when it makes sense and then and then get out like we can't hang out in gameplay I think the FromSoft games mesh well with your model yeah cause you can take a lo- you can take a break from, from Elden Ring and come back or start a new character or whatever and people just love to watch that it's not the same with an MMO what's the next game you have in mind after Elden Ring Tiny Tina this Friday but I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do with that either. Because Friday launches are really tough. I'll play it on Friday. I'm going to play it Friday night with Hilly and my wife and 30 and so gaming. That should be a freaking riot. So don't miss Friday night here on this channel. I haven't streamed with my wife in a really long time. She's not going to be on camera, but it should be absolutely hilarious. Um, but, but what I was saying, what I was going to say was when something lands on a Friday, it'll spin up and everybody will care and if I come back to it on Monday, I just don't know if anybody's going to give a crap. Like, by then, people are going to be like, yeah, we, we know the game's decent. We know the game's good. Move on. Like, the audience we've built is like, give us that first look. Give us that pre- preview. And then, move on. Nothing really lasts. Now, Lost Ark did okay, and so did New World. But we're fighting two uphill battles, right? We're fighting two uphill battles with New World and Lost Ark. The first uphill battle is it's an MMO, which means I, 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 I played a bunch off stream in New World those early weeks just to stay ahead of the curve, and I still fell behind. And I'm not disrupting my life for a freaking game. I just won't do it. Second uphill battle we're, we're, we're challenging is not just the MMO thing. We're fighting the uphill battle of those games are owned by Amazon. So all the viewership's on purple. Because they do drops. They drive everybody to purple. So it's like, I'm fighting two uphill battles here. I'm not going to garner an audience with either of those games. The, the day after Lost Ark came out, there was like 700 people watching Lost Ark on YouTube and 150,000 watching on purple. That's a, that's that's an uphill battle. That's I wouldn't even call it an uphill battle. That's wasted effort. It's just impossible. 
Hoping Madam makes fun of Hilly. <laughs> Have you considered going back to multiple topics a day, or is that not feasible for the channel? The biggest reason we haven't gone back to multiple topics is because I want to play Elden Ring. I love doing double talk show because there's usually two things that I think are worth talking about. Like today we would have done this and then we would have done maybe like a Forspoken uh, topic. But I'm like, I'm enjoying Elden Ring too much. So we're going to do talk show and gameplay. I'm loving radio, by the way. Listen, all of you that tune in here in the morning regularly and then don't come watch radio, why are you not coming and watching radio? It's basically this show and it's, I would argue in some respects it's better because we can actually chop up serious issues without fear and get into serious awesome stuff. We, we've had, the, the shows over there have been amazing. The response has been stellar. Where are the morning like radio people? You love my radio voice. You love my podcasts. 60 people go over there when we go over, right? I'm over here between two to 400 people every morning. I, if your schedule doesn't line up, I get it. But if you're on YouTube in the afternoon and you're not over on radio, you're missing out on great content. You really are. Yeah, I, I'm not scolding the people that go, by the way. I'm just doing a commercial. Y'all are missing out. If you like this talk show, if you like the banter, the debates, and the spice, you are missing some of our best shows over on Reforge Radio in the afternoon. You're missing out, okay? If your schedule doesn't line up, that, that makes perfectly good sense. I'm not going to ask you to up, upheaval your life to go watch a, a YouTube show, right? Go watch the VOD and enjoy it or listen to it on Spotify or whatever, right? I watch the show because it's about games and in the UK, the other show is not my wheelhouse. That's totally fine, Blakey. That's totally fine. If you look at what we're covering on radio and you're like, yeah, no, thank you. I'm not trying to argue people into doing something that doesn't fit into their schedule or their preferences. <clears throat> but I wonder if a lot of you people, this is what I wonder. This is what I wonder. We might want to start really front-loading the morning and promote radio to be like, listen, you guys love this morning show, and a lot of you bail when I do gameplay because you want a radio show. Head over there and subscribe. We'll see you this afternoon. You know what I'm saying? Radio is the business time of the day. Pick up kids, gym. Yeah, totally understandable. Totally understandable. I wonder, though, if there's a lot of people that show up in the morning for the radio show. They bail once we get into gameplay, and they're totally missing. They're like, what? I didn't know you were doing that. We need to be better about about letting people know about it in the mornings because I think there's a lot of morning listeners and lurkers that would that would check it out. Your radio shows at 2 a.m. in my country. That's fine. You know what you can do? You know what you can do? You can always subscribe to the channel and then download the episodes on the app or you know download them on a podcast app, Spotify or whatever, and just listen to them later. That'll help too. No, I know you're not knocking the show, Blakey. Some people just don't want to get into that stuff on the internet. It's totally understandable. You, that's why we do it on that uh, that channel. That's that's why we do it on that channel. Because we don't want to corrupt this show with me being like, hey, let's talk gaming, and then all of a sudden I'm talking about something political. <clears throat> just finished watching Halo. Fun action. VFX are a little rough at times. Story's not bad, though. Spoiler-free review from Halo fan. That's not a strong... That's not a strong endorsement, Sven. I don't do radio because I know I'll probably get banned. As long as you don't attack people and as long as you're not malicious, Dan, can we get a witness and tell him? There was a guy in chat yesterday that was saying stuff that was pretty... um, He wasn't being offensive, 
but he was definitely holding like a very old school super traditional super conservative view on something we didn't ban him nobody 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 lashed out at him he didn't lash out at anybody else I mean you guys can testify to the fact that we're getting a lot of different viewpoints over there and we're not banning folks as long as you're respectful as long as you're respectful I'd give it a solid B to B minus yeah as a Halo fan I think that's kind of worrying you know I think that's kind of worrying. Don't talk to me like I'm not here. No, it wasn't you. I watched yesterday's radio before you go live in the morning. I get home just as you start radio. Listen, when you guys watch the VODs, that's super, super helpful. Get rid of this notion that if you can't watch live, oh, I'm just not going to go. No, when when I end the stream and a VOD gets 500 to 1,000 views after the fact... That's ridiculously helpful. You could double the views of a video just by watching it as a VOD. So don't feel like, oh, if I can't make it live, why bother? No, 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 no. YouTube will actually treat a video very well if it's getting good treatment as a VOD. VOD is video on demand. You're watching it after the fact. Don't, we need to also dispel that notion. We need to start saying two things. If you can't make it for the radio show, you can watch it later and that helps immensely. I deal with boomer marine veterans and bro marine vets all the time. You guys are effing tame in comparison, said Wheezy. <laughs> I usually turn it on later when I'm turning off for the day. Yeah, that's super, super helpful. It's super helpful. Because when I end a stream and we're like, oh, hey, that radio episode did pretty good. 800 to 1,000 views. And I check it a couple days later and it has almost, you know, 500 to 700 more views. That's super helpful. So don't, I don't want anybody feeling like, oh, if I can't make it live, there's no point in subbing or supporting. No, 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 no. Support for VODs is one of the reasons we moved away. Most people do the unlisting playlist thing, and we don't do that. Sorry for the confusion. I meant multiple topics in only one segment like you used to do in case the topic doesn't hit and then switch to gameplay later like you do now. I think we might want to consider and I'm going to I'm going to I might strategize with creature on this maybe once a week maybe once a week what we should do is try a show that's a multi news show just to see how it gets treated how does YouTube treat it how do you guys respond to it how does it flow I think sometimes there's room for that where we're like well this is kind of weak this is kind of weak and this is kind of weak just boom do it all as one show instead of being like, well, what's the strongest in this weak bunch? We'll make that the lead, right? I think we could try that once a week. Number one, I could try to feel it out and get my chops because when I was doing multi, multi, multi-topic multi, back then, it was really challenging. I didn't quite have my chops yet. I was like finding my way in variety coverage and it was really challenging. I've gotten my feet on the grounds now, so we could try that once a week. We're not ready for that unless they're tethered in a way. Oh, I disagree. I think we could do a once a week segment that's almost like a like a maybe a roundup or like a hey, you know, here's here's gaming news of the week or whatever instead of being like we need a lead, we need a lead, we need a lead. Um I was a VOD watcher of yours during the purple days and I love now having the ability to watch live, but then if I really want to deep dive a VOD, I can uh, have it with a cup of rageous roast. That's my man. I appreciate that. Do a let's talk. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do a let's talk. <laughs> uh, continue. Let's see here. There we go. Uh... <laughs> do 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 I'd watch you cast Bob Ross episodes or Antique Roadshow yeah I, it, it struck me as kind of funny when Review Tech was doing his video about the whole Quantum TV debacle he said that he live streams and he does like you know reactive comedic content uh, to like QVC and stuff and I wonder I don't have a way of getting in contact with him, but I wonder, it's like, how did you avoid all the crap that we got hit with? Like, we tried to do that, and every video was a nightmare. It was just, and he talked about that a little bit in the video. He's like, a lot of people just don't fight it. They just give in, and that's how I acted. I was like, dude, I'm done. I don't want to do this. So I wonder if just maybe because he's at his size or he has like a partner manager that, that can help him fight it, you know, when it happens. And just get to the place where you can continually do it. Uh, I'm waiting for Lono After Hours where Barry White is playing in the background and Lono's reading bedtime stories by the fireplace. Yeah, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not doing that. (laughs) No longer reviewing Tech USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) His brand, his brand's too established. That's right. He can't. He can't, uh, he can't change the brand's name. (laughs) Uh, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's save that. There we go. You have Rich. He's probably, I mean, he's probably going to say a lot of what he said in the video, I would imagine. He's like, yeah, you got to fight it case by case. Lean on your partner manager. You know. About Reforge Gaming shorts. I hate shorts and won't do them. I hate them. They're stupid. And they don't get monetized. I'm, I don't do them anymore. If YouTube wants me to make shorts, then frickin' pay me. We, we, did, we did seven different shorts in a row across different channels that got great viewership and made no money. So guess what, YouTube? I won't make them. I don't work for free, so I'm not gonna take the time to, like, go outside and find a nice spot and get my microphone hooked up and record some 60 second hot take to make zero dollars frick that and frick shorts I don't I don't mess with shorts they're a waste of time until they properly monetize them and properly compensate me for making them and don't make them look like utter garbage on your YouTube channel I will not be making shorts I hate them That'd be a good interview if you could get Review Tech on the podcast. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know if guys like him do shows like that. He's probably too busy. It's annoying how every social media platform suddenly wants to become Vine. The community thanks you for stopping doing shorts. <laughs> uh, well, and here's the thing. And here's the thing. The funny thing is, is you could you could do you could do uh, shorts in a way that wouldn't hit would that wouldn't annoy your subs, but I just hate them. I absolutely hate them. I don't like them. You go to my channel and you look, 
and it's ugly. There's all these weird videos without thumbnails. I'm like, what the frick is that? I, I can't stand them. And then you randomly don't get paid on them. It's like, oh, this short did pretty well. You know, two to 3,000 views. Zero dollars. Right? When they first started getting everybody to do shorts, bro, it was great. It was like, this is easy money. This is easy money. I record a little quick video, no production time, no research, no title, no nothing. Well, no, it had a title. Shove it out. Critical uh, Penguins Charlie, he showed how he had a short with 1 million views and it made like $3. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) I think YouTube does pay some big YouTubers to do a certain amount of shorts in a month. Yeah, they want people to do it. They're, you know, they're wanting to, they're wanting to cut into the, uh, to the TikTok market. They're wanting to cut into the TikTok market. It makes sense. It makes perfectly good sense. It also makes perfectly good sense to not do them if you're not making any money on them. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, here, do this thing. Do this thing. And then you do it and you make no money on it. And it's like, wh- why would I do that thing again? <laughs> Your mic boom seems like it's settled now after you got so you get a refund looks good. No, it's not settled. It continues to drop. It continues to drop. Like if I sit how I'm supposed to sit, it's too low because I'm I'm right up on top of it. Yeah, we had one with eighty six thousand views that made six and a half dollars. If you're doing shorts for money, you're in reverse. I would say if you're doing how many subscribers did he get from that yeah I mean I would argue that he might be looking at the wrong end of the telescope I would ask Charlie on a 6 million viewed video do you typically get close to 20,000 subs from that he got twenty, almost 20,000 subs from that short so I would ask him Hey man, when you get a video to hit 6 million, do you get 20k in subs? Because if I could consistently see sub growth from shorts, I would do it, but I didn't see that either. I always saw sub loss from shorts. I just hate them. I hate them. Why is the ad revenue so low? Yeah, we're trying to get a thousand. Um, we're trying to get a thousand followers on TikTok because I want to experiment with some of their new tools, and we can't do that. We can't do that. Yeah, there's one with two million, and he got almost three thousand subs. There's ones with three million, another two thousand subs. Yeah, so he got way more subs on the other one. <clears throat> Yeah, the TikTok handle is the same as the Twitter handle. It's the same as everywhere. Reforged TV. So if you try and find us on like Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram, Reforged TV is what we are everywhere. Sub loss from shorts, nuclear takes. No, no, people don't like them. People don't like them. There's a 4 million viewed one, 5,000 subs. The problem with the the monetization, Sven, 
is they don't consistently know how to deliver the ads because of the way the content is consumed. So what ends up happening is we had we had a couple of shorts get anywhere from two to four thousand views. That's actually pretty good for a short, especially for us. Like this stream today is suffering. It's barely it's probably not even gonna hit two thousand views. And I could upload a short 60 seconds, blah, 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 blah. And it would hit two to 4,000 views. And there was a time where that made us, you know, between, you know, five, five and seven bucks. It's like, oh my gosh, why, why wouldn't you do that? But we started doing that and seeing, oh, two to 4,000 views. And it would literally be $0. It wouldn't be like five cents, 25 cents. No, $0. And then the other problem with it was, is it drove subs away. Because people don't like them. Like, they open up their mobile app, and they're like, oh my gosh, what's this? Like, I subbed to this guy for talk shows, live streams, uploads, gameplay, whatever, and now he's got some little 60-second highlight. We were going to have a channel that was shorts only, but we decided not to. Yeah, there, there's one. Yeah. Ratchet and Returnal got robbed. I did that one when they were doing that. Yeah. People unsubbed when they saw Lono's derpy face and the short thumbnails. No. Nope. No. Because there was a huge time where we didn't do thumbnails. And we got sub loss. And I did the derpy thumbnails. And there was no consistent pattern. When I did the derpy goofy thumbnails, sometimes we would gain, sometimes we would lose. Right? When I didn't do any thumbnails at all, sometimes we would gain, sometimes we would lose. It was super inconsistent. The main reason I stopped doing it was because they, they stopped paying me. I had like seven in a row and I was like, why are none of these making any money? And so I had my partner manager look into it and he, they, he couldn't make sense of it. And then he, he talked to one of the guys on the back end that was like, yeah, well, sometimes we just don't serve up ads on shorts. And I was like, cool, I won't do them then. Imagine uploading a video on YouTube that gets a million views and you go in and say, yeah, monetize it, run ads. And they're like, yeah, we just didn't. We just didn't do it. We just decided that uh, you said you wanted to be monetized. But we were like, how about no? We're just not going to uh, put ads on the video. Well, you'd be furious. You'd be like, are you kidding me? I had a video go viral and it got a million views and you just randomly decided to not serve ads? Why? Now, obviously, people get angry when they get limited ads because that hurts discoverability because YouTube doesn't like to push content that's on limited ads, right? Now, they'll tell you that they don't do that, and that's just not true. They do not do the same recommendation and suggestion uh, and algorithm treatment on a video that's running limited ads. It's a pure business decision. They, they can say it till they're blue in the face that they don't hurt that that limited ads doesn't hurt a video's discoverability and that's a lie so the uh the 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 issue with shorts is they can't consistently serve ads because of the way that you watch it you're going like this you're going like this right so if you're doing that and you're getting an ad in between every short people wouldn't watch shorts So you can't, you can't do it. You can't consistently serve up ads on YouTube Shorts. It's not possible. 
So since they can't consistently serve up YouTube ads, you'll have a video go crazy good, make no money on it, because they weren't serving ads at that time. What's your favorite meal? Like, what would you have as your last meal? Wow, that is such an interesting way to frame it. I can pick my favorite meal without being like, I want it to be my last. It would be a reverse sear ribeye with uh, asparagus and like a nice cold beer. I still remember getting an ad that was the full Lego movie. You could just watch the whole thing. Ads on shorts, it's a double heck no. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out how to do it. You would need like overlay ads or something that would allow the short to play and not interfere. And not interfere with the short playing. Didn't even get money from YouTube Red viewers? Yeah, so like Robert, if you looked at the video, it would show view count, uh, watch time, subscriber gain, and then it would show money, right? And the money was literally a dash. That's basically a zero. It's just a dash, nothing. Not a penny. You can immediately swipe an ad on TikTok. Yeah. I think we're going to have to start putting content on TikTok if we want to grow the TikTok. Well, we got some more followers today. We're getting close to 100. We need 1,000. That's going to be that's going to be tough. We're going to have to just keep putting content over there and, and try to grow it organically. Of course, I watched the full thing. I was just watching random stuff anyway. That's so funny that they did that. Do you think somebody did that nefariously? Or did, or did they do that to promote the Lego movie? Look at that. Hang on a second. I muted the mic so you guys weren't getting blasted the whole time I was doing that. People in Discord are probably like, what the frick is going on? See, now it's kind of blocking the... Um... See, if I, I, I can't do with it what I want. It doesn't, it doesn't turn because I don't want it to be in front of the... Um... Yeah, it just it ends up hitting it.
No, this is a garbage boom. There's no way you let him talk you into that? Well, if the hinge is meant to work this way, it clear it actually has a stopping point. It actually has a stopping point. Like, it literally, the main arm is stopped right now like this. Just bam. Now, if I want to raise it, it, it won't raise. Well, I might have weakened it. Hang on. No, this thing's a piece of trash. This is this is a hundred percent a piece of trash. I I have it as tight as it will go, and the main arm. Watch, I lift the main arm. It's not upside down, is it? This is how it shipped, and I flipped it around the other way because I wanted Avermedia to be right side up. There's not a single thing about this boom that works as intended. There, there's not a single thing about this boom that works as intended. It, it literally doesn't work as intended. Like nothing, I can't tighten, I can't tighten this spot enough because so then I can take the mic and point it like this. Can't do it. It, it, it literally, it literally won't do it. It won't hold. None of the, none of the joints on this thing work the way that you would need them to work. Nothing can be like appropriately tightened. Like, <laughs> I can't believe how bad this is. Loney struggling in silence while this epic music plays is gold. <sighs> so irritating. New boom, new boom time. I ju- no, I, this is a new boom. Is this a 30 pound mic? No. Just hold just hold the mic in your hand all day. <laughs> like a stand-up comic, you know? Like, can you look how big it is too? It'd be so awkward. Like, 
Can you guys... What, what's the deal with uh, with microphone booms these days? <laughs> I was seriously lolling. The music was intense just then. Hmm. Like, this isn't bad, but this isn't how I like the microphone to look. Because look, the microphone's in front of me. I have the microphone come in on like a straight line because then the I can have the uh, I can have the the mic like not in front of my shirt, not in front of my mouth. I hate this. I hate the way this looks. I absolutely despise it. And look, look, look. Like if I could do this, but then that doesn't stay tight either. Just mount it to the ceiling and adjust it straight down. I have a way of doing it from the ceiling, but I, I, I don't know if I, I might try that. But the problem is, is it gets in front of this. It literally has to come down like right here. And that's, that's probably not possible. It's probably not long enough for that. It would come in at an angle and then subsequently block the, the display. I'll try it. I'll try it. Because I do like the look of the boom coming down from the top. I think that looks hot. I'm not worried about The Witcher 4 at all. I'm excited and I'll tell you why. CD Projekt Red knows The Witcher like the back of their hand. Cyberpunk was something new to them. Yeah, somebody made that point earlier, Deft 1. They were like, I'm not concerned. Um. I ordered it right from their website too. So like, I, you know, I can't like go leave a review somewhere. The mic is letting down more than the Anthem launch day. Right. All right. Well, uh, this 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 morning stream uh, has been about as <laughs> about as bad as this mic boom as with respect to interest. Uh, I think we were late on this story. So uh, let me run upstairs real quick. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna be we're gonna be diving into uh, some. Um, Elden Ring gameplay. Don't forget I was just pitching you guys on Reforge Radio. This afternoon, we have a guest for Reforge Radio. If you guys enjoy Gothic's content, her boyfriend, better half, you know, whatever title we want to give him, her better half, she had him on a couple episodes, introduced him as Mr. Gothic's, but he has his own channel and his own Twitter, and I was like, I like this guy, and he's going to come on, and we're going to talk about comic books and bad comic book changes to characters. Are there times where it's good to change a character to another race, another sexuality? Or are there times where it's bad? Is it tokenization every time? Is it good? When's it good? When's it bad? We're going to be talking about that. There's elements of of uh, there's elements of comic books that he's irritated with, and I got some good thoughts from you guys last night in the uh, in the in the um, in the Discord. So thank you for that. That was awesome. Uh, I thought maybe you could rotate that. Sounds like an amazing topic. Yes. So don't don't forget about Reforge Radio. We've been having we've been having really really uh, really really. What the frick is my mic doing? We've been having really really great shows over there. So. Okay, I'm gonna step away. I'll be right back. Uh, thank you guys so much. Press the like button. Get us 300 likes. And uh, maybe this thing will take off as a VOD. Okay? I'll be right back.
Okay. Uh, then he sits down at the desk, will shake, and it's just going to fall. I can foresee the future. Well, it's attached to a different desk. It's not attached. Yeah. It's not, it's not attached to, um, I was so frustrated too, because this morning when I got it set up, when I got it set up, I was like, this is a crappy boom. Like it won't hold position. I, I, I've used some really cheap crap booms in my time, but as long as you tighten them enough, right? As long as you tighten them enough, they hold position. And I was like, this thing won't even hold position. Like I'm turning, I'm turning the, the, the Allen wrench to the point that I feel like I'm going to break something and it won't hold position. I'm like, this thing's crap. So. Okay. Let me move the cam. I noticed this yesterday. The camera was a little off center. Missing a lock nut? No. No, it's just a piece of crap. It's not missing anything. It's a piece of crap. I pull I literally pulled it out. I pulled it out, set it up, and tried to tighten it as best I could. And it, it doesn't, at the, at the most fundamental level as a boom, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. With an industry standard microphone. It's like, what did you test this with? Like. I have decided that I don't like you. Let's get our tweets out, our announcements out. Uh, there we go. Did you check any reviews? Aver Media makes good stuff. I use their capture cards. So I was like, hey, that's a nice looking boom. I've been wanting to get one that has that, right? I've been wanting to get one that has all that 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 tube look and uh, sadly it is a piece of garbage 
All right, there's a link in chat just in case the redirect doesn't work. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. We are diving back into Elden Ring gameplay, Volcano Manor. We're not done with it, all right? We got more to do. We're going to go back. I know there's letters. There's things to do inside Volcano Manor, and we are going to take a crack at that. This morning, we talked about The Witcher versus Cyberpunk with some of the announcements about that game and the engine. So if you missed that VOD, be sure to go check it out. We'll also be heading over to Reforge Radio this afternoon to talk about comic book characters and the bad changes that they've made with some of them or the good changes. And I'm going to do a redirect to bring everybody over 